0: Welcome back once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Traveling into the 80s with the 80s kids. I am your host, Rich Oliver, and always with me is my co-host, Kyle Lintz, Yo, yo. And, Good to be back. Don- and Donald Brown. Oh, that's me. That's me. <laughs> that's right. So we are back <laughs> once again, and uh, this week, we're actually, we did it a little while ago, and another thing popped up that made us jump back forwards into the 1990s. And Kyle, you want to explain to everybody why we're back in the 90s already.
1: Yes, yes. Well, like I said, this year was a big year because we were talking 1992. We're going back there again. That was the year we graduated from high school. That's we correct. talked about Wayne's. We talked about Wayne's World not long ago, which was awesome. Yes. So now we're going to talk about Probably the biggest movie of the year that year. Um, so in 1992, we saw the release of Batman Returns uh, that summer. So big, big movie that came out. So we did a little bit of uh, uh, an interview to, to, to get us going into that and talk a little more about that. So who did we talk to? We got to meet and discuss with the the man. The, I mean, he is the Batman, I guess is what you would call him. But he's the guy that pretty much uh, produces. He's the executive producer of every single Batman right. movie since 1989, yeah. uh, and we got to sit down and talk to Michael uselin which yeah. was a lot of fun.
0: And you're not going to talk about Batman unless you talk to this guy, pretty much. Pretty much, the yeah. way it works yeah. legally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> pretty much, I think. Yeah, you can't you can't say the name without signing a little bit of a uh, you know check over.
2: <laughs> right. But right. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, good stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, we we, uh, we got to talk with him and, and get some insight on you know where his roots began uh in in getting acquiring batman and, and the journey it took him to make the first movie in 89 and then what what it took to get to that second film uh you know and even talk a little beyond so we got it yeah. we even talked a little into the the 2000s you know when we talked about the christopher nolan trilogy and such but we got a we had a really nice lengthy uh, interview with him which you guys are going to really love
0: probably one of the best interviews we have ever done I would say, to date. It was very good. I mean, he was more, he was, uh, I, I he, opened right, he opened right <laughs> up to us uh, about a lot of stuff, uh, more than we expected,
3: so. A lot of great information that we didn't know. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was great.
3: Okay, and
0: let's go to that, and then we'll come back and we'll finish up after.
1: All right, let's do it. All right, so we are here today to talk um, uh, about Batman, We're, you know, which is uh, a topic we've talked much and much about, and we are joined today by none other than the guru of Batman, uh, Mr. Michael Uslin, who is the producer of all Batman movies, correct?
4: <laughs> well, first of all, it's great to be here. I'm an executive producer, to be absolutely correct. And uh, and I'll also claim the uh, the title of originator of the uh, Batman movie franchise. Uh, It's something when I started out, I thought this would be a project. Then I thought this would be a job. Then I thought this (laughs) would be a career. And then it's turned out it is my life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think
0: the fans have a lot to uh, appreciate you for that, for uh, bringing it all back around for us.
4: Well, yeah, I appreciate you guys because, um, you know, the fans know I'm one of you. Uh, I am a fan. Uh, I was there as fandom began to organize in the early days. I was at the first real comic book convention ever held on the planet Earth when I was 13 years old in a rundown, dilapidated hotel in New York City. Uh, 200 of us were at the first Comic-Con, 197 guys and three girls. And we were flabbergasted that there were three girls first But it was an amazing uh, time in my life because I lived in New Jersey uh, about an hour outside New York City. And I quickly found out on my Tuesday afternoon tours at DC Comics when I was off from school. Uh, and as the fanzines first started to come out and talk about the history of comic books in the industry, that almost all the creators from the 1930s to the 1960s, lived either in New Jersey or Manhattan or Long Island. So Mm -hmm. as I started to write for fanzines, I would get my dad who was a stonemason. My dad worked six days a week, but he would often take his Sundays and drive me to these guys' homes where I would arrange to interview them and spend a half a day or a day with them. So I wound up getting the story of how all these things were created, how Marvel and DC started, how the industry started, straight from the horse's mouth. And um, at that very first Comic-Con, me and my friend Bobby Klein uh, were sitting in the sketchiest bar in this rundown hotel at 9.30 in the morning (laughs) with Otto Binder, who you may know was the creator of, or co-creator of Black Adam with CC Beck, the Marvel family, Mary Marvel, Captain Marvel Jr. Then he went over to D.C. where he co-created Supergirl, Brainiac, Crypto, Legion of Superheroes. I mean, Otto, he was my first mentor in the business. And um, we're sitting there with him and his beautiful daughter, Mary, and another guy who's very quiet. And um, I believe at that moment in time, Bobby was dressed like the shadow and I was dressed like the 1940s <laughs> Sandman That's sitting my in my favorite. Sketchy- Yes, but I'm sitting in a sketchy bar in a gas mask. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, this guy said, uh, well, you know, um, the shadow was the most primary influence on the creation of Batman. And Bobby and I said, wow, we didn't know that. We're huge Batman fans. And with that, Otto Bender turned to us and said, boys, how would you like to meet the creator of Batman? And we said, yeah. He said, Michael, wow. Bobby, meet Bill Finger. Wow. <laughs> and we sat with Bill. He told us directly how Batman was created. And I'm probably one of very, very few people left standing who met Bill, talked with Bill. I still have his autograph. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was really something, but the, the point being Uh, I am a fan. I am a comic book geek. I am a comic book reader and collector, comic book historian, comic book writer. You don't get much geekier than that. Um, So they know when I, if I speak at a comic con or at a university or whatever, or on on a uh, podcast like with you guys, you're not getting a Hollywood suit who's reading off of some teleprompter or some note, somebody in the PR department. And I think that makes a lot of difference. At least I found that Whenever I speak at uh, at Comic Cons all over.
0: Yeah, obviously it's one of your passions, or you wouldn't be here
4: right now.
1: Exactly. Yeah. When you were writing for Batman in the seventies, correct? During that. Correct.
4: Yeah, I started writing for Detective Comics after Julie Schwartz. But I I guess I should explain Julie Schwartz. Julie, um, Mm -hmm. arguably the most important editor in the history of comic books. Uh, Julie was an editor at DC. Uh, starting in the 1940s, and he was directly responsible for the creation of Justice League, The Silver Age, Flash, Green Lantern, Adam Hawkman, Mm. and the one responsible for returning Batman to his darker roots in the 1970s and assembling, among other great talent, the team of Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams to execute, which Uh, was incredible. Two of my (laughs) favorites. Oh, my God. You know, there was just, it was just like nothing better. Um, Julie was a gruff guy on the outside. Once he got to know him, he was kind of a marshmallow, but he sees me walking down the hall and I had just turned in my first professional comic book script, which was the shadow for Denny O'Neill. And he sees me walking down, um, you know, my hair's down to my shoulders. Uh, I got a, um, some sort of comic book t-shirt on. And he goes, hey kid. I go, yes, Julie, I read your shadow script. I go, oh, you did? He goes, yeah. It didn't stink. I go, whoa! Thank you, thank you
2: so much. There you
4: go. He goes, "How'd you like to take a shot at writing Batman?" Wow! And that—that was, that, that was wow. the dream come true of an eight-year-old fanboy. And yes. uh, my my, uh, my buddy Bob Rosakis and I, Bob and I were members of the DC Junior Woodchucks back then. It was the uh, the first collection of fans hired by DC to be trained and developed into prose. And uh, we were the generation that just came after um, Denny, Len Wein, um, oh, God. Marv Wolfman, and Barry oh, yeah. Conway, all those guys, Marty yeah. Pascal. And, and we were the kids on the block. And finally to get out from under everyone's hair, they said, go, uh, why don't you go ahead and create your own fanzine in-house. And that was the amazing world of DC Comics, which was a joy. Yep. Uh, just a great, great project to work on. And, yeah. uh, and we all got involved in the industry and we all learned at the heels of all these great editors and production people and uh, executives. It, it was um, it a dream come true. That, that yeah, is Bob, like, uh, that is a silver age
0: right there. Of, oh, yeah. you, when you talk about writers and, and cartoonists. Yeah, Bob, I mean,
1: Bob comes to our, our convention at uh, Mohawk Valley Community College every year, he's wonderful.
4: We oh, love, we love him. You see, that's great. <laughs> And we were there for the for the Silver Age, the end of the Silver Age, the beginning of the Bronze Age uh, through the, um, you know, the mid heading to the late 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to sit with Bob Kaniger in his office and I was maybe the only person who either he would talk to or who would talk to him. But he had loved the job I had, I, I had done putting together a book for Simon & Schuster called America at War, the best of D.C. war comics, where I gave him loads of credit for what DC had done with their warline, so I spent time with him. I would spend time at the end of the day with Murray Boltonoff, uh, among others, the editor of Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, and Brave and Bold, the guy who brought Jim Aparo to uh, to Batman. Oh. And Murray oh, was great. in the he was in the OSS under Wild Bill Donovan, and I started oh, wow. to get the most amazing stories. Um, I developed a relationship with Joe Kubert, Murphy Anderson worked for Carmine Infantino got to know Bill Gaines uh, worked directly for Saul Harrison and just you know all the editors who were there at the time we were in our um, fanboy glory day by day evolving into prose and uh, so we heard all the stories we hang out at lunch with these guys and listen to the storytelling that went back to the birth of comic books um, I, ha- I made a deal with Gerda Gattel, the wonderful wonderful older European mm-hmm. A Jewish lady who had uh, escaped in time from Europe uh, as mm. World War II was breaking out. She was the one who had the keys to the DC Library, and she knew what a how much I was interested in the history of the company. So often on my lunchtime, instead of going out with the guys, she would lock me in the DC Library and pull down volumes. You know, maybe uh, new fun comics, more fun comics, or um, uh, adventure comics from the beginning. I wound up over the years that I worked at DC, I read every single DC comic, you know, up until that time. Um, wow. So that's it no, it small was, no, no <laughs> it was, it was glorious. And now I've gotten us all to completely off track and completely that off track. Oh no,
1: that's wonderful. Love that's it. Okay. Love this yeah,
4: absolutely. That's and, my uh, story. That's, that's how I came up in the ranks. So as you're
1: working at DC, what, what inspired you to say, we need to make a Batman movie? what was it well, that, that was movie?
4: yeah that was that was um, considerably before then um it all started on a cold night january 1966. i had been waiting for months for this night i was so freaking excited this was the debut of the batman television series <laughs> oh yeah,
3: yeah.
4: i'm <laughs> downstairs in our uh in our basement den and The show comes on the air and I go, whoa, you know, that animation kind of looks like uh, Bob King, Jerry Robinson art, Mm -hmm. and it's in color. And the Mm -hmm. next thing is, oh, wow, the the set, somebody's spending money on this, wow, look at the car. The car looks really cool. About Mm -hmm. 20 minutes in, it hits me like a lightning bolt. It was like, oh my God, this is a comedy. This is a comedy. They are making a joke out of Batman. The whole world, the whole world, who only will know Batman from this show, will be laughing at him. And that just killed me. As a fan who had met and talked with Bill Finger and met Bob Kane and met Jerry Robinson and so many of the people involved in it and knowing his history, how he was created as a creature of the night, stalking these deeply disturbed villains in the shadows, um, I was appalled. And that night in my downstairs den, I made a vow. Um, I made a vow just like young Bruce Wayne once made a vow, uh, <laughs> except he made his vow over the bloody slaughtered bodies of his parents in the street. <laughs> my parents were safe upstairs in the kitchen. Uh, but I, I said, somehow, someday, I am going to show the world a true bad yeah. The one that, that Bill and Bob created, and I am going to find a way to eliminate from the collective consciousness of the world culture these three new words: pow, zap, and wham. And right. I, I, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I, I was angry, and I tucked it away. Um, but the day <laughs> the day my first Detective Comics was published, amid the tears, admittedly the tears, um, mm-hmm. I panicked, and I said, "Oh my god." My dream that I had since I was eight years old has come true. I don't have a dream. I need a new dream. What am I gonna do? And then I remembered back, it took me 10 minutes. I remembered back to that night in 66, and I said, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. This is what I'm gonna do. And that led me to a path without um, taking up the next five hours of me going to law school, learning everything I could about anything having to do with entertainment, copyright, Um, Then getting a job in the motion picture industry as an entertainment attorney for United Artists when it was one of the major studios and the only one based in New York City, uh, where I was put in charge of the legal and business and financial affairs of a bunch of movies, including the development of Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. That's a whole other story. Um, (laughs) The first first couple of Rocky pictures, Black Stallion, Raging Bull. And for two and a half years of my life, Apocalypse Now, which was a crisis every (laughs) single day. But I learned. That's a story I'd love to hear. (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, I've had some uh, inquiries about that recently, which are kind of fun. Um, Mm -hmm. So I went back to Saul Harrison, who had originally hired me at DC Comics. And Saul was now president. And I said, Saul. I want to buy the rights of Batman and I want to go out and make dark and serious Batman movies and show the whole world. He's not just that pop, the late pal zap Wham, funny guy. Now and what, what year is this now? 79. Wow. So 79. So it's, it's like a 10 year journey here. <laughs> oh, oh, it is. A, it, yeah. It is a 10 year human endurance. Contest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Saul was always very fatherly to me. I loved Saul. I loved working with him. He, he was a a, a dear, wonderful mentor to me. And when I told him this, he looked exactly like the movie poster for Home Alone. <laughs> he said, Michael, for God's sake, don't do this. He says, son, don't you understand that since Batman went off the air on television, the brand is as dead as a dodo. He said, Michael, wow. nobody's interested in Batman anymore. But I said, yeah, but saw nobody's ever done a dark and serious comic book movie before. This is gonna be brand new. This is gonna be like a new form of entertainment. And he looked at me and shook his head. He goes, is there any way I can talk you out of this? And I said, no, he said, and this is a quote. He said, all right schmoozle, come on in. And that began a six month (laughs) negotiation. Uh, It gave me time to find a wonderful, amazing partner Um, to move into the world of producing movies. Uh, Benjamin Melnicker, who was my dad's age. Ben was a legend in the movie business. He started at MGM in late 1939 and was the executive vice president. All divisions reported to him in MGM's Tiffany Days. He was chairman of their film selection committee. Ben put together the deals for Ben Hurd, Dr. Zhivago, 2001, A Space Odyssey, Gigi and all those musicals. And uh, on October 3rd, 1979, we had raised money privately. We signed the contract. I bought the rights to Batman from DC Comics and put it in my back pocket, quit my job, went out to Los Angeles and knew that this was going to be a slam dunk. I, w- I knew every studio was going to line up at my doorstep, seeing the potential for sequels, <laughs> animation and, toys sure. and games, except right. that I was. I was turned down by every single studio and mini major in, in Hollywood. They told me I was crazy. It was the worst idea they ever heard. And they said, you can't do serious comic book movies. You can't do dark superheroes. And you can't make a movie out of an old TV series that's never been done. Uh, As only a result have- was for 10 years. I was going to say,
0: yeah. I, I, I wish you had a documentary of... You talking to all them and them all saying that. <laughs> and showing that um, to the world now. Yeah, that you can show them now, you know.
4: Well, <laughs> um, you know, Stan Lee always said to me, Michael, whenever you see a moment to work in a plug, jump in and do the plug. So Stan, here we go. Um, this is all recounted in my memoir, The Boy Who Loved Batman, okay. which is a, which v- a wonderful book. Thank you very much for that. It's available in trade paperback and an audio book. I narrate oh. it. Um, along with my brand-new memoir, <laughs> Batman's mm-hmm. Batman, awesome. um, yep. and the hey, book for that as well. All um, right, it, very cool. It, it's my story, but it's, it's got all, all, the, all the tales in there, but I'll tell you just one, which is my favorite rejection. I had an executive, silver-haired executive, say to me after I pitched my heart out for a dark and serious Batman. He says, Michael, you're nuts. Batman will never be successful as a movie, because our movie, Annie, hasn't done well. <laughs> and I said to this guy, well, wait a minute. Are you talking about the little redheaded girl who, from Broadway who, who sings the song Tomorrow? Yeah. He said, yeah. I go, well, what does that have to do with Batman? He said, right. oh, come on, Michael. They're both out of the funny pages. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was dismissed like that. That's apples to apples. Annie and Batman.
0: Yes. You know, I'm surprised they didn't have a team up at one point. You know.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my that's, God. That's why often during those ten years when I felt I was going crazy, I could be heard at two o'clock in the in the morning walking through the halls of my house singing tomorrow, tomorrow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: But that took so ten years from that point, and then when did it when did it break?
4: Things first started to coalesce in 1986 with the um, discovery of a young genius director by the name of Tim Burton. Mm, That was the game changer. And again, without going through all of the detail, let me simply explain why he was the genius and why his vision impacts every single genre movie made since then Mm -hmm. right up to this very weekend it was tim who had what i always call the big idea capital b capital i he said to me michael if we are going to do the first ever revolutionary serious comic book superhero movie this movie cannot be about batman and as I crumbled into a heap at that moment, he he then went on and said, no, this movie must be about Bruce Wayne. We have to show Bruce Wayne driven, obsessed to the point of being psychotic that audiences all over who have never read a comic book will say, oh yeah, that is a guy who would get dressed up as a bat and go out and fight a guy like the Joker. He said, that's why it's got to be Michael Keaton in the role and not some traditional, quote unquote, serious actor. Because we will, he says, I will get unintentional laughs showing somebody like uh, Harrison Ford, Dennis Quaid, Kevin Costner, uh, you know, getting into a bat suit. But with Michael Keaton, we can convince them that this is a guy who would do this. And if you think about that big idea and the impact of it, that idea not only made the Batman film f- franchise su- a success, it changed the entire world culture's perception of superheroes and comic books. Mm-hmm. It changed Hollywood permanently. It changed the comic book industry. And that big idea opened the door to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And think about it, Marvel you know, bur- really burst onto the scene with Iron Man. Those Iron Man movies should truly be called Tony Stark. Right. Spider-Man movie should really be called Peter Parker. Right. Absolutely. And that's where this all emanates from. And, And Tim had a corollary to the big idea. And it was about world building. He said from the opening frames of the movie, Gotham City must be the third most important character in this film, because if the audiences don't suspend their disbelief and believe in Gotham City, they will never then accept the fact of a guy in a bad costume running after a guy looking like the Joker. And he was absolutely mm-hmm. right about that as well. Enter, yeah. enter genius number two, Anton first. Yeah, Anton absolutely. was my dear friend, uh, production designer, won the Oscar for his work on the first Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I went to the Oscars with him that night, with him and his fiance. Um, the win was just an amazing moment for everybody. He got out of the green, uh, out of the press room afterwards. Went up to Nancy, goes, this thing is damn heavy. He goes, I can't carry this, you carry it. And he gave it to my <laughs> wife and the whole night she's cradling it like a baby. It was, uh, <laughs> it was incredible. But it, it was Anton who took Sam Ham's script description, which was, I think one line. I think it was just like Gotham City as if hell has erupted from under the earth. And Anton said to Tim, you know, what does this mean? And he told me, Tim told him, I think it means New York City had there never been planning and zoning. And Anton goes, (laughs) I get that. And he went off and researched conflicting styles of architecture, came back with all the plans for Gotham City, five square city blocks were built on the back lot of Pinewood. He came in with the the design of the Batmobile. And I I will make the argument that every single genre movie has been and continues to be influenced by the design work of Anton, and I can even make that agreed. argument for Dan, Danny Elfman and musical scores. Agreed, absolutely agreed. I mean, all of that stuff was just a perfect storm. But yeah, it
0: all came together. I mean, it
1: was beautifully done. I mean,
0: when you talk to guys our age, to me, there's been some the Batman movies since, but I always go back to Michael Keaton. It just because that that was the first time that we saw Batman came to life when we were kids. So right. it, it was an amazing time. And well, you know what, what they, really
1: worked too at that moment was, I remember the years leading up to that when they started publishing, oh, Michael Keaton's playing Batman. And everybody's like, what? You can't have Michael mm-hmm, Keaton. Mm-hmm. But when you went and saw it, even just from the preview they showed, you were already, you knew it was going to work. It's Something about it just seemed to work. Mm-hmm. Once you saw the pictures, once you saw the trailer, and then the movie itself, it just all came together. And I think that not only changed, like you said, all those genres, but also changed the action genres and everything. It suddenly says, you don't have to be, Arnold Schwarzenegger to be an action hero. You don't have to be, you know, a certain type anymore. It it changed a lot at that
4: moment. You know, when we started out in 79, and even planning earlier than that, um, the the only model that we had for a blockbuster action movie was Bond. That was it. And so initially, when Ben and I got the rights, we were focused on getting one of the two best of the Bond writers on to Batman, which was Tom Mankiewicz or uh, Richard Mm -hmm. Maybach. Mm -hmm. And both wanted to do it. And we wound up going initially with uh, Tom Mankiewicz, who wrote and deserves tons of credit for the success of the first two Superman movies. He is typically known as the script doctor. He's more like the script writer in in actuality. (laughs) Um, We, uh, Ben reached out to somebody he worked with in his MGM days, Ken Adam, who uh, by then was the production designer on the Bond films. Uh, Guy Hamilton, who had directed Goldfinger, he was the first one on our list at that point in time. And if you go back and look at Tom's original manuscript, uh, his original screenplay, um, there was the kind of that James Bond feel to the approach to Batman circa 1979. But it was Tim in 86 who threw away all the molds and just reinvented the whole damn thing. And Mm -hmm. and that was truly amazing. And and I guess you guys are old enough, if you're old enough to remember that magical summer of 1989, Mm it was magical. It was magical. It was it's it's not really and and people lose this in the context of history today. It it was it's not really gauged by the success at the box office, which broke records left and right. It was its impact on the world culture. It was the fact that that summer, you could not walk through Times Square, New York, 20 steps without seeing someone in a Batman hat or a Batman t-shirt. The industry industry ran out of the material to make (laughs) t-shirts. That's
0: were everywhere. We were like like 16. This was the peak time. This was like if Star Wars came out. If we were 16 when Star Wars came out, this came out. What right when we were you know in cars driving to the theater by ourselves you know what I mean we were hungry for this we were a perfect age for this to come
4: out this this is the perfect moment for you because um first of all I think it is the best marketed pre-social media film Mm -hmm. ever done absolutely Uh, all the original billboards and posters did not have the name of the movie on it it was just the black bat and the gold oval and it said June 23rd but Seemed like everybody on the planet Earth knew what this was. Mm -hmm. And uh, except I should say, um, I think the later statistic we saw was that 17% of the people looking at the symbol did not see the Batman symbol. They saw teeth and a mouth uh, (laughs) when they looked at it. Um, but but 90% of those people were like dental hygienists, so I guess it was okay. But, but, but that's the way it was marketed. Um, people, we, we had reports constantly. People were calling up movie theaters, asking where and when the Batman trailer would be shown. They would pay yeah. the money to go to that movie, watch our first trailer, and then leave.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, yeah. You know, Comic-Cons were all had a black I market. remember
1: like going to, to shopping at, at yeah. JC and they just had a TV that just looped the Batman trailer over and over and over yeah. and I remember just standing there just watching it over and yeah. over
4: it was just so mesmerizing yeah and the big department store displays that they had at the time it it, it was magic and then the lines that would go literally wrap around the blocks at movie theaters um, lines of mm-hmm. people who would get online a day before. And they mm-hmm. would sleep online. Um, they would. There would be people playing the guitar. Nobody had cell phones back then, so it's not right. like you could just order a pizza online and have it delivered. Yeah. Right? You know, it was. It was a different world, but it was a bonding experience. Mm-hmm. It was a social experience that was taking place, and I don't think we'll ever quite see the likes of it again. Mm.
1: I agree yeah there was definitely something magical about that yeah. time and it just it, I mean it just I remember just seeing it and just it just blew in my mind
0: and we we've covered the uh, the first movie on a previous episode about the 80s yeah, we and talked obviously about it. but um, jumping so that was released in 89 and obviously the fanfare blew up over that and then once that had come out and the awards were given things like that like you talked about, what was the next step? Was it automatic boom. we need a, we need a sequel. How did that all transpire for the second one?
4: Oh yeah. I mean, you know the studios not going to see a big huge success like that without throwing it throwing out a sequel as fast as they could do it.
2: Mm-hmm. So
4: everybody was on board with that. Um, they left and paid for the sets to stand at pinewood until uh, oh, really? a sequel could be made. And then if, if memory serves me economically, things went a little crazy in terms of the value of the dollar versus the value of the pound. And all of a sudden coming down the stretch, they realized it would be much more financially beneficial to shoot it in the United States. Hmm. And then it was filmed. Oh my God. It was, there was a lot of stuff on the back, a lot at Warners at other places in town. Um, um but yeah that the intent was to do a sequel really quickly and i have to tell you um with matt reeves the batman uh Mm -hmm. which is the first batman movie actually concentrating on batman as the world's greatest detective uh, i went back into my old files and storage and found that the first time i suggested to the uh, studio that we do a movie showcasing batman as the world's greatest detective was the end of 89. So I literally <laughs> have waited 33 yeah. years for that movie and now can also say, well, that was worth the wait. Um, yeah. but, but for this one in particular, that was not what they, the route that they wanted to go. Um, already you were starting to feel a bit of an influence of the toy merchandising world. Mm-hmm. And um, not Tim's mind, But in the studio mind, Mm -hmm. and uh, but you know, Tim had his brilliance and his notion how to do the Penguin and Catwoman, but how to do them dark, and how to do them differently, and how to make sense for based on the blueprint that he laid down. So um, you had, I I, in all truth, um, I had suggested in one of my earliest. Um, letters to the studio that Danny DeVito should be the only one who could play the penguin. Yeah. But I always pictured mm-hmm. Danny, I always kind of pictured Danny doing Burgess Meredith doing the penguin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was, I have to tell you, I was shocked when I saw that Tim was um, positively in a positive way, twisting that into a new way, a new look that Danny would not even be recognizable uh, in the role. And that was something I had no idea was coming. And and that's part of the magic of of people, of filmmakers like Chris and um, Chris Nolan and Tim Burton and Matt Reeves and Todd Phillips. Um, The way they have a vision in which they respect the integrity of the character, yet bring their own vision to it and then know how they want to execute that vision. So um he, it, Matt Reeves' vision, for example, of Riddler is not the same as Joel Schumacher's version of the river. Danny's penguin. Um and, and you look up and down the line, um, you know, when Chris Nolan, part of his genius is always he he never casts the way anyone thinks logically it should be cast. He always is is out of the box. It, it, it's one of his uh creative uh, talents. Um, I mean, who on God's earth would have thought Annie Hathaway as Catwoman, but he had a vision for it. She pulls it off in kind of this this combination of Audrey Hepburn and Judy Garland and uh, wrapped up in an action hero. So um, it's a tip of the hat to the genius of these filmmakers and their vision. And I think that's uh, incredibly important. One was- of the things that I,
1: I thought was really interesting, um, it was a from one of the Batman DVDs you were talking on, that you discussed how each movie sort of represented a different decade of like Batman years of comics, like the first movie, like the 30s, second movie, the 40s, which we're talking about, then, you know, the 50s with Forever and '60s with Batman and Robin, and even looking at the Nolan ones, you could say, "Oh yeah, those get into the '70s and the '80s, like the darker tone and the those storylines." Um, it, it seems like that sort of kept following too,
4: even with the current movie. That you yeah, just kind of kept it in that way. I think I think it does in a lot of ways. Uh, for me, it's the easiest way to explain when I'm talking to the media who are not schooled like you guys are in uh, in in our arena. Um, to try to explain to them that, yes, you can legitimately have vastly different interpretations of Batman and the villains and Bruce Wayne specifically, because Mm -hmm. the comic books themselves as the primary source have gone from one extreme to another. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I first met Tim, I was surprised at our first lunch to hear he was not a Batman guy, a comic book guy. I said, how how could a young animator from Disney not be into this stuff like this? I just assumed he would be. So it then became my job to indoctrinate him into the world of Batman correctly. Hmm. So not only was it what I gave him from my collection, but it was also what I kept away from him. Um, So I gave Tim um, the material from Detective 27 to 38, Mm -hmm. When Robin was introduced, I gave him Batman 1, which introduced Joker and Catwoman. I gave him the Marshall Rogers, Steve Englehart run um, Mm -hmm. in the 70s. I gave him all the uh, Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill Batman issues, some of the Irv Novik uh, issues, which were critically important in the conversion of Batman back to his darker roots. And, uh, And I gave him Night of the Stalker, which is to this very day my favorite mm-hmm. Batman story ever told. Yep. Rarely, that rarely, one. rarely reprinted. And it is my favorite Batman story. And was, I know was an influence on him. Um, but I kept him away from Batmite, Bat Genie, Bat Robot, the Super Batman of <laughs> Planet X. Um, yeah. You know, all, all the, the, the Batman versus the aliens stuff. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and that's you know,
1: what we were... We were kind of stuck with that because we grew up with super friends and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing when we were really young in the reruns of the original 60s show. But yeah, there was no other than the comics. You didn't have that serious tone of Batman. It was always kind of silly.
4: Just think for a second. If instead in an alternate universe at that second lunch, I handed him a stack of all the Batmans versus aliens that came out in the 50s and early 60s. Mm -hmm. In 1989, we would have Batman. Mars attacks, exclamation right. point. Right. <laughs> right. And and the world would be different. Well, well we're like we're, we're there to guide him. Yeah, to guide
3: him <laughs> into that direction. Because without that, I'm like, what what would have happened if you right. didn't have that background and you really kind of put him in the direction where it really needed to go? I mean, yeah. yeah, you can only imagine what would happen if you didn't have that knowledge that you didn't share with him and kind of went off on his own and you know, Batman fights Edward Scissor hands or something. So who knows? Yeah.
1: I
2: think oh, that's one it. of the more
1: inspired choices too that Tim Burton took with the second film with Batman returns was he set it at christmas time which I watch it every christmas it goes in every christmas to 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 view with all my other christmas movies it's a wonderful life everything else it's right in that mix yeah. <laughs> I love it
0: well you know well, and when I, we when we grew up in that time period in the in the mid 80s when we had like Batman year 1 year 2 yes. and the so dark knight when all yeah. those versions were coming out those stories Moving into what Tim Burton's idea of Batman was, it just felt right because all the, it yeah. seems like the, the campiness was behind you and it was all more serious and more uh, r- the roots of Batman driven in the storylines that, 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 you know, he portrayed.
4: Oh, I totally agree with that. And then I think in the next most important phase, which was the, ne- the genius number three coming aboard Chris Nolan, what Chris did in the dark Knight trilogy was to elevate the, what we had all been considering as comic book movies. Mm -hmm. And I think for the first time, and you know, you can, you can play devil's advocate on this, but I think for the first time, when you walked out of a Chris Nolan Batman movie, you could actually say, oh, that was a great film. As opposed mm-hmm. to just saying that was a great comic book movie, right? Absolutely, absolutely.
1: I, after I tip? saw Batman Begins, it just was like that. That's what I, I've been waiting to see. Some of those moments, like him, the moments where he's in Commissioner Gordon's office, you know, talking to him, or or those. That's one thing I've, I've always hoped to see, and that we were finally getting it there. that. And he was taking it so dramatically, so so uh, you know, so well put together.
4: Um, it just well, This is a good moment to bring up the difference now between Chris and Tim. Mm -hmm. Uh, Each one I rate as a genius. Each one had the mission to restore the darkness and dignity to Batman. So they wanted to do the same thing, but they came at it 180 degrees differently from each other. So with Tim, in 1988, when this was shot, we were living in a very s- simplistic black and white, good versus evil world. And the Joker in the comic books was the clown prince of crime. Mm-hmm. And that's what Nicholson portrayed. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
4: by the time Chris Nolan came in post 9-11, everything changed. We mm-hmm. were in a gray world. It was order versus chaos. Mm-hmm. There were so many heavy, heavy themes that Chris addressed in that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's amazing when you think of, um, well, I'll give you one example. As I've lectured all around the world over these past decades, since the Dark Knight trilogy, one of the things I almost always hear in Q&A time is somebody will come forward and say, um, I went to see the Dark Knight and sitting in that, movie theater in the darkness of that movie theater there was this scene and it's a scene where people are given a moral choice do they press a button and blow up a boat full of people in order to save their own skin or do they choose not to do that you know what happens when you're forced to make a moral choice between bad and worse and so many people tell me in the in the darkness of the theater they were forced to come to terms with what they might do in that situation. Hmm. And the impact that a comic book superhero movie could have that sort of thematic heft to it, and impact, it's just amazing. So, So now let's look at how the two guys approached it differently. You had Tim Burton execute his corollary about world building by building five square city blocks of Gotham City on the back lot of Pinewood. You had them create all this incredible tech revolving around the Batmobile, the Batcave, and the Batwing, and everything that came along with these things. Um, You had the Joker um, for Tim, the Clown Prince of Crime. Um, You had Bruce Wayne who, as we talked about, had to be portrayed as driven and obsessed so that the audiences would go, oh, this guy's really quirky. You know, Yeah, he would do this. <laughs> All right, so now Chris is coming in to, to return Batman to his darkness and he's coming at it a different way. He's not gonna build Gotham City on a back lot. What his mission is, is to convince audiences around the world that this could be real today. In, right. in, in this absurd world that we're living in. And I always say cinema at its best holds a mirror up to society and reflects the times and what people are doing and thinking and going through. Um, so rather than choose New York City to make Gotham City seem real, he realized that the second you saw Times Square or the Statue of Liberty, Boom, (laughs) it breaks the suspension of disbelief. You go, that's New York. Mm -hmm. So he chose Chicago Mm
2: -hmm.
4: with the thought that I think you take two iconic buildings out of the skyline of Chicago Mm -hmm. and people around the world cannot identify the city.
2: That's
4: right. Plus, you've got the weirdness of lower Wacker Drive. (laughs) Um, Number two was Bruce Wayne. And Christian Bale nails it for every single generation. He's portraying a young man on a lost horizon journey of self-discovery, suffering clearly from post-traumatic stress syndrome. And you're following him on this journey that I think everybody believed could have been real. third biggest challenge then is what do you do with the Joker? And his concept of making the Joker as a modern day terrorist. Um, who places no value on human life whatsoever um, and is one of the people who just likes to watch the world burn. Um, That was amazing and so incredibly well-crafted with Heath Ledger that I thought it was the performance of a lifetime. Absolutely. And then finally, I think the biggest challenge was how was Chris going to take what Tim did in terms of the tech, but make it seem real. How do you convince audiences worldwide that all this crazy stuff is real? He hired Morgan Freeman to tell you it was real. And <laughs> if Morgan Freeman says it's true, by God, it's true. That's true. Um, <clears throat> that was brilliant. Um, but that, that to me is the difference and the similarity between Tim and Chris. And their attempts to accomplish the same things.
0: Well, I gotta tell you, sir, from a lonely person in a basement in 1966 to today, I, I will say I think your mission's been accomplished. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> yeah, Certainly. but you guys have not
4: yet guys have not yet seen the Batman 2 or Joker 2. I mean, there's there are still no, many stories the, to be told.
0: But you brought it back yeah. to, you, you, you erased the memory of yeah. what you, you set out to do as far as that. You, you, uh, you brought it back to uh, you know, seriousness and validity uh, and, the, and the zap and the powers and the whams are, are gone.
4: Well, yeah. um, I think I can conclude this portion <laughs> with an anecdote. There came a day some years back, I think it was at San Diego Comic-Con when Jerry Robinson and I were scheduled to do a Batman panel and it was in a very large room and the room was packed SRO. And just before the panel was about to begin, they informed us, we would have another panelist with us and his name was Adam West. (laughs) So without going into a lot of detail, way back in 1979, I always wanted to see Adam play Thomas Wayne in the first Mm -hmm. Batman movie. Um, However, that was not to be because when our Batman movie was initially announced in 1980, July, 1980 at New York Comic-Con, by the way, it was the first movie ever initially announced at a comic book convention. It all started... In New York, July Fourth weekend, nineteen eighty, Phil Suling's Comic Con, uh, um, and and the, b- believe me, the studio thought I was out of my mind insisting that we <laughs> do it that way. And we actually showed, uh, we actually cast the bat signal on the Empire State Building. Um, oh, that's cool. But um, going back then, um, Adam never reached out to us. He never reached out to the studio, but he did reach out to the press. And right. said a lot of negative stuff about mm-hmm. trying to do a dark and serious version of Batman, and that he should be Batman or Uncle Batman uh, yeah. at that point. <laughs> right. um, and and it ticked off enough people at the studio that um, they then nixed my idea of bringing him mm-hmm. into the yeah. fold to do that role. So mm-hmm. I had not had any contact with Adam West as a result of all of that. Sure.
2: So now we are a
4: zillion years later and he's sitting down next to me at this panel, thousands of fans in there. And the first thing he says, he, he turns to Jerry Robinson and said, Jerry, I've, I've been a big fan of your work. It is an honor to be on a panel with you. He says, and Michael, and I didn't know what was coming next. He said, <laughs> If there's anything I've learned over time, it's that there are, there's room for more than one version of Batman and <laughs> that each person's, each company's, each product project's version of Batman can be as legitimate as the next one.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And with that, I said, I turned to him, I said, Adam, uh, every once in a while, I like to let 12-year-old Michael, 10-year-old Michael, 8-year-old Michael out for a moment. And at this moment, I just feel a compelling need. Uh, And if you'll permit me, I'm going to let 10-year-old Michael out. And with that, I turned and I looked at him and I go, I'm sitting next to the Batman of the swinging '60s. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> and with that, he stands up. I stand up. He gives me a bear hug. I hug him back. The audience is standing and going absolutely apeshit crazy. It was a magical, wonderful moment. That's cool. And, That's cool. Yeah. And, and I and I say that because today. I very much embraced the Batman TV series of the sixties for the following Mm -hmm. reason. Back then it was the one and only Batman, the entire world knew that was it. Today, it's a completely different story. We have the different Batman's of the movies, the animation, the video games, television, the comic books, so many different varying Lego, so many different uh, variations of Batman. And um, I see the Batman TV series from the 60s as an effective tool to bring young kids into the world of Batman and indoctrinate them into our world. So as they grow up, they can grow into the animation, grow into the comics, grow into our movies. Yeah. And, and I see it as part of this big, vast package that neatly fits in. Yeah. And I, I'm just so glad we had that moment together uh, at that moment in time.
3: Did you uh, did, did you ever tell him that you wanted him you your plan was to have him in the movie did that conversation ever come out was he you know did he know that
4: you were kind of like
3: no. to have him in oh no
4: I felt that would be bringing up um, yeah. old bad old bad vibes mm. um, <laughs> I, I, will, I will also I will also tell you that it had an impact at the premiere of the first movie where um many of the actors who appeared in the Batman TV series as villains had, were invited uh, to the premiere. Um, hmm. it, was, it was that night that I met Burgess Meredith and oh, uh, Cesar Romero. and And a number of the actors who played those villains. Um, but there were still some hard feelings there for, on the studio side. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that Adam and I were able to, uh, um, you know, meet in the middle and embrace each other. Yeah. Sure, sure,
0: sure. That that is that
3: has a nice uh, a nice touch.
4: Yeah, it's a good ending, man. Yeah,
1: awesome.
3: I mean, we grew up; we were um, young. So when we, were, when I was watching the '60s, I mean, that was the only Batman. If you didn't, couldn't you get your hand on the comic books, you, I mean, this is when you're watching TV. So we grew up with that. But I, for me, at least growing up. I didn't see it as campy and funny. It was like, because Adam West played it so straight, or at least tried to. And it was like, so it was like, that was the Batman. That was all you got. I mean, and I mean, as a car guy, too. So, like, it was the Batmobile to me was more watching that than watching, you know, Adam and Burt Ward. But then, like, I think Richard said that once Batman comes out with Michael Keaton, and we're once again, now we're skeptical because we grew up watching the 60s, and now we're like, Michael Keaton, the guy from Gung Ho and all these comedy movies, I don't think that's a good move for Batman. He needs someone serious that can be a superhero. And then he changed everything and changed our mindset mm-hmm. and, and erased all that and gave us an adult version of, of Batman that when we left the theater, that's what we wanted, wanted to be and, and suit up. And, and
4: I, appreci- I appreciate your perspective as kids back, mm-hmm. but you have to appreciate the pain and anguish <laughs> From, right, oh, right, oh, sure. of course.
3: And, not knowing that, you know, not knowing as a kid, like as an adult now to go back and like and hearing all the stories and and looking at that, like and they're like it was supposed to be kind of straight, and then they kind of added the campiness, and the, even the studios, I guess, weren't really keen on the way that Adam West was playing Batman. It's like this is not what we were looking for, but not knowing it, now right. looking back at it, I'm like, oh god, yeah, they really didn't do it justice, but. Um, yeah, from that kid's perspective. But as you were kind of watching it, well, we were watching the 89, it's just a whole different way of, of looking at it. But well yeah. well, yeah,
4: it's, it's, it's of course deserves a lot of credit for igniting this path for me and yeah. getting this whole thing underway. Yeah. But uh, understand, I had to sit through and watch Batman doing the Bat 2 seat. I, had to, and I had to watch him yeah. put a bathing suit on over his Batman truck oh, yeah. board. Oh, yeah. I had yeah. to watch him run yeah. literally all over Gotham City with a huge bomb over his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I had to watch him spraying bat shark repellent yeah. on a shark.
1: Uh-huh. I mean,
4: you know, <laughs> if I was yeah. watching it on a plane, I, I still probably would have wanted to leave the theater and get out. Yeah. Um, you know, it, right. it, it, yeah, it was painful. All
1: right, But I think being able to see the ones that you created now and compare it to that, it, it gives you a, a better perspective on that because we have yeah. what you've created now, yeah. serious
4: one. It, we can it does and, and you know who touched on who, who, who really touched on it in, in many ways, but from different perspectives. Well, there's the obvious. Joel Schumacher, you know, took it back there uh, specifically for Batman and Robin. And and a piece of of Batman Forever. Uh, But Tim was also toying with a lot of those uh, concepts, but he did it in an extremely dark and unique and creative way. Right. Uh, Right. So there was a bit of a difference. And before we get, before we go, I I just want to mention Joel Schumacher was one of the nicest people I have ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. This was a gentle, talented man who was brought in at a moment in time by a management team that were in love with merchandising, licensing, and Happy Meals. And they brought him in and he had instructions to make these things lighter, brighter, kitty friendly, family friendly, and cater to the toy companies. And uh, he did it.
1: (laughs) He did. And I'll be honest with you. I can watch them and enjoy them. I mean, for for what they are. I've rewatched them many times over.
3: <laughs> but I'd still right. like to see a Tim Burton version of both of them. I mean, yeah. I'd love to see, you know, what Tim's vision would have been to do those those other two movies and well, complete the fortunately.
1: Complete the- Sam Ham is writing the com- he just finished the comic series, a six-part mini-series of Batman 89, which would have continued beyond the oh. the second film. Nice. Yeah, yeah like I've really movie?
4: enjoyed that and I enjoyed yes. Superman 78. Me I too. love what DC's been doing with those. Yep. They've been fun. Yeah, and Sam, Sam is terrific—a great, creative guy who deserves so much credit uh, for his work with Tim Burton. Hmm, absolutely.
0: Well, Michael, I we're—I can't even uh, tell you how much it's been nice having you come and you know share your journey with us and and, and give us details from I, the whole backstory up until where we are today, and I. I hope in the future, um, with other episodes of our podcast covered, we go into the late 70s, into the 90s, and, but mainly the 80s. I'd really like to bring you back
4: for, uh, you know, for another episode at some point so you can share a little bit more of your uh, journey. Yeah. I, I would love to do that. And speaking of journey, Stan Lee, are you standing by? Um, <laughs> uh, I just want to let all your listeners know that my book, The Boy Who Loved Batman, is now being turned into a Broadway play. Really? Uh, awesome. I've been following it. They've been great. The Nederlander Organization of New York, which owns about half of the theaters on Broadway, uh, is developing it. We announced it at San Diego Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago. We have an amazing, amazing director and writer and with incredible Broadway credits. And it, it is one of the most exciting things I've ever been involved in. And uh, so stay tuned could be uh, coming yeah. to Broadway as early as the end of 2023.
0: Well, well, now I can tell my wife, we can go to the theater now. So let's see we got
4: a reason to go. <laughs> <We> got, so <laughs> <we got> Batman <laughs> in the
0: musical. So that's, and we got it. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Very nice.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. I, I definitely <laughs> want to pick your brain on more stuff. Dino saucers, swamp thing many things that I, I definitely would love to talk to you more about. So great. I look forward to it. And,
4: Uh, just let me know and uh, pick up the bat phone and I will race (laughs) to your aid.
2: (laughs) Uh, Absolutely.
4: Thank Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you. you. All right. We'll be, we'll see you. Take
1: care.
0: Well, that was amazing. I couldn't believe, you know, awesome. and actually he spent more time with us than we were expecting. We only expected really about a half an hour interview and he went way right. above and beyond, but he seems to just enjoy talking about what he's done. And Absolutely. that, that in general is uh, inspiring to a lot of people to know that w- how he started out and, and the, the path he took and what he did to
3: gain where he is now it, is inspiring.
1: Absolutely. And,
3: yeah, such such great stories and a lot of stuff we didn't know, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just really great to hear. And I think he's used to maybe doing just regular interviews with you know the press, and it was I think it's sure. probably a little more relaxing talking to fans and people are intrigued with you know stories that they're you know is not newsworthy something that's just you know what happened with us and now that, that he really did get and, to open up some. And
1: part. he's 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 a geek fanboy. I mean he he yeah. loved Batman, and that's really what it came down to. And he. You know, he really, really showed us that. And that was, and, I think that's what made the conversation great.
0: And he seemed to really appreciate where, like, because we explained to him where, you know, he's older than us, obviously. But we, at the age we were when uh, Batman 89 came out, mm-hmm. we, you know, right. seemed, and, and we were in our teens at that point. It was like an explosion of, of new ideas. And what he mm-hmm. took to get yeah. us as fans to that point, obviously, from the old Zap mm-hmm. Powell Wham Batman, uh, was, right. was quite a uh, sure. track, so so that was awesome. Definitely. And, uh, so, we're here in June of 1992. Uh, yes, Kyle, yep. we are graduating in about one week from high school.
1: Yes, right so now. we're talking, Fairly. yes, we're, we're going June 14th through. The twenty first of uh-huh. June. Um, in case we didn't say that earlier. But yeah, we're we're talking about um, yeah, we're we're about a week away. I think we're graduating like next week. I think it was around the twenty fifth or sixth was graduation. Was, was ceremony, that when right? it was?
0: Okay. And and Don, I think you, so. you Don, you're about
3: a year year out of it's your first year of college you're completing? Yep. Yep. And just about failed out because I was too busy hanging out with Kyle.
0: Right. All right. All right. All right.
1: All right. <laughs> so, You're welcome.
3: welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> writing transcripts from SNL so we could, you know, do shows that. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: we did. We did those live shows.
3: That's right. Yeah, you were involved with those even when we were. Yeah, so that's yeah. right. So yeah, so involved with. Comedy. But it's right. your first year. You're just kind of getting your feet wet. So yeah, I came back strong. Sure. I I came back. With Jerry signed. Yeah back to Oswego but al and currently we we made it through and
2: look at where we are today there
1: yeah you go. exactly there All you right. go right yeah.
0: so <laughs> here here we are in june uh week before we graduate so, from high school right and what's, and, what's going on then Kyle? And, and uh well we're in movies so where are we at in the movie yeah
1: we're t- we'll talk movies since since we're talking the big movie of the week you know we were talking you know batman returns with with Euclid. and um i re- so i remember going to see it opening night you know that was like the big deal um i think it was right at the time too that uh we were in regents week i believe at this point so we were able to kind of have if we didn't have class that day you could we, we weren't in school so i remember going to see the movie in the afternoon that day and that was pretty cool um so yeah we're talking movies this week so june 19th was the day that batman was released that friday um, so the the there's a lot of really good movies that are out at this time that are um, you know doing really well. Obviously, the big movie of the week will start with number one is Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it opened up at a pretty strong pace. I mean the most anticipated movie of the year, I guess, at this point. Uh raked in just in its first weekend alone, over forty-five million dollars. Nothing right. to sneeze at there. Because we're talking bad.
0: three years after Correct. the original of the this series yes. came out. So I mean, this is. Was- yes uh very reminiscent of i always, I always uh, said it was star cool wars. like star wars like 77 like, right. it took a while before the next one came out
1: three years so. later yeah right. you got so. out it in 80 i always thought it was cool too that in this one you got devito and i remember you know nicholson and devito doing the movie hoffa like i think a couple years before right around this time so it was like that you know they kind of had a, a connection together and here they were each playing a villain in the, the batman franchise which was kind of cool um, Michelle Pfeiffer, obviously, and the return of Michael Keaton. Uh, so big movie, big, big week for that. Um, uh, number two this week was uh, uh, coming in at just over 7.7 7 million. So, more people were seeing Batman that week, was Sister Act <laughs> dropping down to number two with Whoopi Goldberg. Um, no, so that you know, that I, I know that was a pretty big hit in the end. I mean, at this point, it already raked in 55 million in two weeks, so I think. In, it was a couple of weeks, uh, so not bad. Uh, number three uh, is another awesome movie from that time: Patriot Games, starring Harrison Ford, uh, which was a pretty awesome uh, political thriller type action movie. Uh, number four this week was House Sitter. I don't know if anybody remembers House Sitter with Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn, uh, where she's kind of like a, she's like a squatter in his house or something like that. So he he lets her uh, kind of stay, and they it becomes like a little romantic comedy um number five this week another great action uh adventure the third lethal weapon lethal weapon three uh is at number five it, this week so pretty big deal when
3: it, or had it been out for a while
1: it had been out for a few weeks because this is a. I i think it was um out in may i believe early may that that year i'm trying to see what my dates are but yeah it'd been out probably about four weeks at this point maybe five oh, man, weeks
3: that's behind Cicero. um
1: nope like that, yeah. So, I mean, it's been, I mean, it's already made over 121 million dollars, almost 122 at this point. So, it's it's I already saw it they had a pretty good run so far. We'll
3: see whoopie. I got it. I got
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've seen it. Yeah. Um, next up, number six is Far and Away. If anyone remembers that with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, directed mm-hmm. by Ron Howard, uh, where he played, uh, was it Irish Immigrants? I believe it's been a while since I've seen that one. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number seven, here's a classic comedy you might remember, Encino Man oh, yeah. uh, was oh, the, big uh, the big one. Pauly Shore, it kind of broke him out. And it, it also introduced the world to Brendan Fraser, uh, who's in the midst of his comeback uh, in his career at this point. Uh, but yeah, uh, and, and at this point, thirty two million, which was a pretty decent uh, size chunk of change. Yeah, buddy. That was, that was the whole
0: time of Pauly Shore. Yeah. Uh, MTV yeah. Pauly Spring Pauly Break Shore. and all that. So he was-
1: yeah. the- yep. Oh, yeah, the weasel. Yeah. And then also, who was else was that? Uh, Sean Astin, right? Uh, from the Goonies mm-hmm. was also in there.
0: Quick, uh, quick, no. quick, 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 Shore story for yes. Uh, since we're on that, and, you know, when else is he going to come up in this? Because usually Probably we're in the 80s. <laughs> So, right. Uh, one year from now, well, we'll say one year and a couple months from now, I will be in the Army. In 1993, okay. in October, I joined yep. the Army. And I was in Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And when we were there, Ooh. we were doing all of our training. And it's, boy, when was it? It was probably around, you know, we're about three, a couple months in. And they say, um, well, we're doing our training. They're going to have some people from Hollywood come by because they want nice. to look at uh, how the army is for a movie they got coming up. So ah. we're, we're in uh, we're training and we're shooting our cannons and whatnot because I was in the field artillery and we're all standing at attention. They bring people out. And then who walks in front of me?
2: Hey, buddy, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs>
0: and I'm like, holy shit. Holly Shore standing right the fuck in front of me. And I'm standing. I'm trying not to laugh, standing at attention and shit. And he's like, very cool. outfit, Buddy, that's nice. You know? And, uh, when you, <laughs> and obviously that was for in the army now, yep. which came out after that. Yes. And, uh, yep. when you watch the movie, they did take some people from, uh, the training unit and put them in the movie. The, uh, when you watch I... it, the tall, uh, African-American drill sergeant who's yelling at him was our, the drill mm-hmm. sergeant who was in charge of our whole unit. Oh, wow uh nice. so yeah so uh but i'm just like what what are the fucking odds of every place he's gonna right. show up? and right. then uh you know uh, a year from now or whatever the movie comes out and uh you know they're it, nothing to do with us in the field artillery but you know just the fact they just wanted to see per research or whatever right. how it was and they you know they put some people from our, our you know our training unit in the movie so The only other time I could probably ever talk about Pauly Shore. Well, there's a few other stories. That's later in the 90s. We'll stick with that right now, okay?
1: Yeah, right. That sounds good. All right. That's cool, though. Interesting. Interesting little anecdote. Uh, Number eight this week um, is Alien 3. Uh, I don't know if you remember that one. That was sort of a, a bit of a disappointment after the awesome Aliens sequel there that we got a few years back number nine uh the movie class act maybe I remember this with kid and play remember kid and play oh yeah little pretty uh popular little combo these had house party uh, movies and stuff like that class act uh so this was out uh, uh you know number nine uh number ten another really big movie of that year basic instinct oh, um, hmm. so that was uh, that had been out for probably since the beginning of may uh, 107 million at this point so it's Pretty pretty good sized hit. Number eleven movie we talked about last time uh, if we were in the '90s was Wayne's World, and that is still on the charts, hundred almost 120 million at this point, so doing really really well uh, at the theaters. A uh, couple other ones just to wrap it up. Um, number twelve, Fried Green Tomatoes, if you're familiar with that, with uh, Kathy Bates and uh, what was it uh, Jessica Tandy, um, and then number thirteen, the uh, uh, period piece, period drama, Howard's End, I believe, with uh Anthony Hopkins and uh mm. uh some of those British actors from that time. Uh, but there you go, there's the the top uh movies that are out for this week. June well, 19- not a
0: really, 19- I mean, there wasn't many stinkers in that whole bunch, everything no, was pretty well known. Some yeah. great,
1: great movies. Mm. I mean, I, I i i remember going probably to the theater seeing almost all of those on that list. I mean, we would go constantly, and I, you know, I mean, why wouldn't you go see Lethal Weapon or Wayne's World or whatever? There were some great stuff out there,
3: right?
1: Or a Sister Act.
3: <laughs> I don't believe I saw yeah. that. I think I held off.
1: I, I don't think I did either. I think I waited on that one as well. Mike,
3: uh, that my was the original, loved it. the original Sister Act.
1: Correct. Yes, Correct. the first okay. one.
3: I mean, not to yeah. say, yep. the movie. It just wasn't. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you got Batman out and Lethal Weapon. I mean, I'm gonna go watch right seven times before. Oh uh, yeah, bow down. And say, yeah, go watch this Act,
0: But yeah, well, right, they played to their uh, core, right? Correct. So I mean, that was that so Did
1: you the did you guys go see Batman in theaters when it, the returns when it came out?
2: I I,
0: I I don't know. Yeah, Don was with you. Yeah, you guys probably
3: dressed up like Wayne's <laughs> Wayne's World and went to that too, right? So. We we would have had to.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, we. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, we went to that, didn't we?
3: Oh, we had to. I mean, at this point in '92. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, yeah, you would have been home from college. Yeah, because I'm trying to think back. I'm like, yeah, I think it was, yeah, I do remember going to see it with you.
3: Holding hands and skipping all the way. In. I think we saw it a couple times oh, this yeah. summer. Oh, hell yeah! I mean, well, you had to. I mean, it's not the, the movies of today where you watch it and, a, and a two days later you can get it on Amazon Prime. No, you know, right, right. We wanted. We couldn't wait for right. it for us to come out. You know, <laughs> seven months later, it's like. We had to wait quite a quite a, a while. right yeah. But I mean, this was the I mean, after the eighty nine version. It's like now we're like, okay, well, let's see what these new characters are. Now there's more, right, you know, right.
0: I, I think a lot of even if you didn't wind up liking this movie, you went because based off the first one, you were like, let. I mean, of course, come on, you know. Uh, and I think ah, I don't know. I, I like the original better myself, uh, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. You know, and then them not going for a third one, you know what I mean? That left like this was the last one you saw with Keith. So it was. Yeah, which is a disappointment. Yeah. You kind of thought it would be. I I liked,
1: I like Returns. I actually like Returns a lot, but I wanted a third one. I wanted to see Two-Face, Billy D Williams, Two-Face and all that stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, you know.
0: Well, well, and and talking. We we got what we got. Talking to to Uslan, I think we really kind of understand why, in a way. I mean, they started leaning towards right. the the toys, you know what I mean, and then getting away from
2: right. what, That's what, what it came these, down to.
3: What made those movies great? So yeah,
1: you know, right. To each in their own. Yeah,
3: was, is, yeah
1: you saw them toys
3: is a favorite of mine. I mean, but there it was like they had too much going on. I'm Like and and I want to watch it for Batman, and there was so much with the villains and now, yes penguin and Catwoman, but then you've got max track so it's like you got three stories that you're working on yeah and batman kind of almost takes the back seat. but i love the the scenes all the scenes with with batman i i, I love in, in batman returns and oh absolutely and it. so it's 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 great and i like it but it, yeah like well
1: batman there's a- what, what
3: what i would have loved to see keaton in three and four batman forever and batman robin just you know with uh, me too just give us at least a trilogy with with Keaton, and and Tim Burton oh, yeah. just to yeah. just close it out. But we never really got. Yeah. That. And
0: well, and like like I think he said with, with Tim Burton, it said you can't make a movie about Batman. You got to make it about Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. So I think like yeah. in the first one, that's obsession. The story was told, and you learned yeah. Bruce Wayne. That story was told, mm-hmm. and then in the second one they decided to add more characters and cut down on the story. It felt like, you know, mm. per character. I mean, well,
1: it, it focused mostly on Penguin. He was really yeah. the the like, main story that, that was yeah. really driving the movie. Yeah. So less about Batman, more about Penguin.
3: I mean, not bad. It wasn't bad. No, no. Was, I, I'm know, not it knocking
1: just, it. No. I liked it.
3: Well, and I, I <laughs> the tie-in now, because obviously we know Paul Rubens played, you know, Oswald's father in Batman. Penguin's
1: Batman. father. I mean, yeah.
3: In the new Gotham series, he comes back again. He's playing mm-hmm. her and kind of... As, and yeah. On it. But it was just... It was really cool to, to you know, yeah. just that, that, that tie-in again. Of,
1: Agreed. You
3: know, and him not yeah. doing yeah. the Herman impression as he did it. That was, you know...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I felt like one of my least favorite Batman villains is probably the Penguin because he really doesn't... Was He's just a guy that wants to be rich you know he just <laughs> so but yeah. this time they made him a little bit more of a creature who was really looking for revenge and things like this so he had a little bit more depth to him in this that i liked
0: yeah yeah it was it's it's tough i mean the joker is an easy play a, because you know what i mean when you put oh, a yeah. joker in a movie but i mean when you spawn out if you know eh. but, yeah but hey everybody saw it so they did you know, like we it, say, we just well. wish, they, wish they carried on with Keaton, but, you know, it is what it is. What it is. Uh, so that is pretty yeah. much movies for 1992 oh, yeah. June, which is a banger. Really? That's movies. Um, what do we got yeah. next then moving into?
1: Yeah, great. Great movies. I mean, awesome stuff. Patriot Games, Lethal Weapon 3, awesome junk. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Stuff I still watch. Mm-hmm. What do we got going on in news,
3: Don? There's nothing. Yeah, else. man. I mean, you guys were graduating, and Batman Returns come off. I mean, they pretty much shut you know all the <laughs> down because that was what was going on. Uh, well, let's take you back to 1992 in that week. So that the 15th of this week, uh, remember uh, Dan Quayle, our our vice president, that was. Oh yeah. <clears throat> no, oh yeah. Got a lot of got a lot of bad press for not being a, a, a smart man. Um, so we're <laughs> he on, sure uh, did a uh, faulty card to instructs Trenton, New Jersey elementary students to spell potato, P O T A T O. Oh, yeah, Jesus H. Yep. The
2: yeah, the e-
1: infamous Infamous E <laughs> on the potato. No, 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 man, he never lived no, that not down. Very
3: <laughs> not, not very good. Not very good. Let's see. Uh, we'll go across the pond here. Uh, the next day, the British postage stamp celebrates 350th anniversary of the Battle of Edge Hill. You guys probably weren't around for that
1: well,
3: if it was a 350, but I miss that one. they're celebrating. I mean, it's big, big, big news. Um,
1: was it fought
3: on the edge of a hill? I bet it <laughs> was a hell of a battle. Definitely worth a stamp, but trying to get, sure. but uh, trying to get everybody in the picture for the stamp, very difficult. Very difficult.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That'll do it. That'll make it hard.
3: <laughs> so coming up on the same day. And I only, I, I was never into politics. Um, I mean I the politics I knew were from watching SNL and from watching Spitting Image. Yeah. So when, when, sure, I hear, yep. when I hear this next name and Kyle will probably laugh because I only know his name really from Spitting Image, but Casper Weinberger, former US <laughs> uh, was uh indicted yep. on uh Iran contra charge. So Oh
1: really? This, oh, late, man, this, this, was years this later this, too. Wow. Yeah, I was
3: gonna say this is later in the
0: deal.
1: Like six I, years I, later.
0: I thought you were gonna bring up Ross Perot because I remember it voting for Ross Perot for because <laughs> remember they can had I the, finish. the finish. They had the elections and you could go. We were mm-hmm. when we turned 18, i yeah. Uh, yeah. vote in high school in the auditorium. And like uh, mm-hmm. at that point, mm-hmm. I wasn't really into politics either. And I was just like, I remember seeing Ross Perot on TV. Um mm-hmm doing the whole, like he would buy a half an hour of time and, yes. talk, and talk about what was wrong with Bush and Clinton, right? Yep. That's, who, that's who was running at the time, right? Bush and Clinton were the other two?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. For 92. And, right. and, and, and Ross Perot was just in there talking, ah! yep. and he had charts and he would break shit down and it would be primetime TV yep. at like eight o'clock <laughs> and he would talk yep. about stuff. And I had no idea of really who he was, but I was just like, oh, I'm just going to vote for that guy because right. I do really, you know, have no idea who I'm voting for. <laughs> and in school, they're like, go to the auditorium right. and
3: click a lever. And yeah, the best was his uh, his running mate for vice president. That What was it like? General oh. or something like the debate, yeah. the debate itself, which was live and was you know real, looked like an SNL comedy sketch. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't have his hearing aid on. He was walking around. With yeah. He was in. He, it was, yeah. It was just well, much fun to watch. Yeah. That,
0: that's back when SNL could just take that stuff and really make great skits about it. Oh, Nowadays, yeah. it's like oh, it, yeah. just, it goes one way or the other, too hard. Back then, they just rode everybody down. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, with George Bush and that and Carvey and everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Oh God. So yeah, I, that's the one thing Good I remember. Years. I do remember the name. Who is it, Casper Weinberger?
2: Yeah.
0: Yep. Mean, how how many Caspers do you fucking know besides right? You know, yeah. Weinberger, you know? The
1: ghost. Who was I? Re- I remember on Spitting Image, uh, he had the pointy teeth. Yep. Yep. <laughs> then was like pointy yep. nose and pointy teeth. Yeah.
3: Who was the other guy that was with him? It was Ted Kennedy, right? Yes, Ted Kennedy. Yeah. Yep. I thought hey. you said you never got to run again. Yeah. So sue after the holiday now i'm running or it was redford <laughs> kennedy. redford
1: Redford. that's who it was redford okay. and kennedy were together yeah
3: somebody else he had the square he had a really square head but a flat top
1: oh yeah yep i know who you're talking about but i can't remember the name but yeah the square <laughs> oh man good oh, stuff
3: that name and you know because i never really knew, yep. I knew reagan yeah. but didn't know that so well on the same day on june 16th the longest salami <clears throat> Was mm. made in I don't know how to say it and Fleck, Fjord, Norway. 68 mm. feet, nine inches long, 25 feet in circumference, weighing.
1: Fucking fjord.
3: Oh, oh <laughs> fjord, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> almost fifty. Fucking fjord. Fuckin fjord. Look at that fucking fjord salami.
3: Right, <laughs> <laughs> probably where God's guy's name. Sure. <laughs> You mentioned that if it was a world, they just made it. Well, I'm okay. I mean, that's a lot of salami. That's impressive. What,
1: I mean, what do they do with that when you're done? I mean,
3: you eat it. You know what? I, I guess I, I would.
0: I would appreciate a group of people more that just made a salami huge to make it, not even trying to make the world's record. Just right. Just, just being like, we're at the like, local, uh, you know, uh, legion, and like this weekend, <laughs> let's just make a hundred and five foot salami. You know let's what I do mean? Do it.
2: And then later on,
0: they're like, what's the record? 110. Well, we had another five feet in us, you know. We could do it. Right. (laughs)
3: Jesus. pretty long. Yeah. Yeah. Five feet in circumference. Think about that. Wow. Wow. The length is nice. Um, But the girth. The girth.
1: Right. Yeah. That is for sure. Wow. It's a big salami. It's
3: going to be very popular. Uh, So... (laughs) So I, I I didn't dig into this but this was this was in the news. on uh, June 17th Connecticut Governor Lowell we, we, Wicker Weicker, and uh, Don I'mus changed places for a day. So the governor was I'mus, uh, Imus was governor for a day in Connecticut.
0: Well that's back mm-hmm. when I'mus was big. I think uh, yeah. Stern was Stern was huge back in 92 in the yeah. in that, in that little oh, yeah. market at least.
1: In New York, yeah. yeah. In the New York area. Yeah. Yeah, Stern was syndicated at this point. I think he was just starting to get out syndication yeah, by the beginning of the '90s. So by this now he's getting. This more is more like popular.
0: a couple of years before i must uh screwed up and uh got all racial on the New Jersey. That, yeah, that was around basketball team. Two thousand. Oh, is yeah. it? Was it that, that far well, off? Okay, yeah. Well, I yeah, it, it was around two
1: get... thousand seven ish. I think. Well, it's funny because well, uh, Larry. Kennedy, but I'm way off. Okay. remember Larry? <laughs> You remember, you remember Larry Kenny, right? When we interviewed him, yeah, he he was on that show. show. He yeah. he was, he, yeah, and he he that's when he left was after that controversy, not because of the controversy, ah. but but the show got pulled off the air. And then when he was coming back, he asked Larry to come back, and Larry's like, you know, I like not getting up this early in the morning, so no. <laughs> so he I didn't think retire. it. Was, I
0: didn't think it was that. Yeah, uh,
3: more modern. I I thought it was in the 90s. Yeah. I didn't think it was. No, it was above. like
1: 2000. I think it was 2007-ish, if I'm not mistaken. Well,
3: yeah. Yeah, because I'll be honest. I didn't know really. I didn't know who Don Amis was. I mean, everyone knew who Howard Stern was, but I didn't
1: mm-hmm. know. Uh, I no, was... I mean, he was
3: local, especially back then. No. Yeah. 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 And you didn't. Yeah. Nobody. I don't think anybody knew of him till
0: the 2000s. Because I only heard of him right before that controversy. Right. Well, like a few years before that. Was
1: just
3: yeah. Else. yeah. And then seeing private parts. and that I
1: knew him through Stern. Yeah. Yeah. That... Yeah, private parks. Yeah, that was the only reason I knew him was from that stuff.
3: Yep. So All right. Now we don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, this is in entertainment news, and it kind of lied. To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know who he was, but we were still imitating him, apparently, because SNL was. Um, Peter Allen, uh, Legs Diamond, died of AIDS. Oh, AIDS yeah. This week.
1: Um, ah, Peter Allen. Was, uh, yeah. I I, I played Peter Allen in Friday Night Live.
3: Yeah, and it was uh, Harvey.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Harvey Firestein. When um, yeah, it was the Ian O'Brien Brian. was playing Harvey. Yeah, I mean, was <laughs>
3: yeah, did a better job. But, oh um,
0: goddamn, Ian O'Brien! That'd be a perfect person yeah. to play
3: uh, Harvey Firesteam. Yeah, but uh,
1: yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was funny.
3: Because <laughs> we, not, cause we I remember done, it now that you say it. Yeah, But yeah. we had done, you know, that Friday night live. Probably, I think we used to do them around December, January time. So I mm-hmm. mean, we are. Doing an imitation of the guy, and, and a few months later, he died at age 48. But and it was, mm-hmm. uh, who did we say it was? It was Kevin, um, yeah, Kevin, Kevin who played him in SNL. Kevin Nealon, oh, uh,
1: was it, was it Nealon? Maybe. Oh, no, no, it was
3: uh, John Lovitz, right? No, Kevin Klein played Peter Allen.
1: Kevin oh, Klein, uh, yes, yes, because it was Lovitz played, um, Harvey Firestein.
3: Uh, Harvey Firestein, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. Oh. So here comes the biggest thing in news, and this will anyone that you know wants to live long and prosper, um, Star Trek Next Generation actress Marina Sirtis uh, weds American rock guitarist Michael Lamper. So that was big. In the wow. News. What happened on the, the 21st, the last bus day of the week, that was the big news. Deanna Troy. Yeah. So she <laughs> mm, married. So I'm glad. Very cool. Because that, that probably would have ruined it for me. I wouldn't have watched it anymore. I just
1: assumed.
3: <laughs> or with yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was what was happening during this week in June as Batman returned.
1: Good stuff. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Awesome. It's a good uh, weekend news. Not too – nothing depressing and overly crazy. Just some – I mean, just a long – usual salami, newsy stuff. So. Yeah. That
3: wasn't too depressing. That longest
1: no. salami. There you go. Yeah.
3: Right. Hey, was... sal- fucking salami <laughs> made my day, man. I made the whole fucking fjord. all <laughs> right Right. They feasted for days.
1: Fucking <laughs> fjord. You would hope
0: they did. Jesus Christ probably died of diabetes after that. Uh, uh, let me jump into sports. I'll knock out sports. Oh, yeah. So nine right now. Uh, yeah. So we had Monday, six fifteen. 15. Uh, nothing really jumps out as you go through it. Uh, a few things, but uh, Jeff Reardon uh, breaks Raleigh fingers, save record. This is uh, baseball at 342. Uh, so, and later on, you would know, I don't know, New York Yankees with Mariano Rivera is a name that you may know more famous, uh, happened throughout the 90s. Mm-hmm. But uh, up to this point, 342 was the record. Uh, on Tuesday, 616, mm. Major League Baseball, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, Jeff King is the fifth person to ever be thrown out twice trying to steal a base in one inning. So. Nah. Well, no, only the fifth person yeah, since yeah. they started. So, or at least since they started that's, recording that. So, yeah, uh, you know,
1: that's not, it's not many, jeez, you know, I no, think more people would
0: probably not something you want to be remembered for either, but you know, no. in, in the book, <laughs> uh, Wednesday, 6, 17, the Philadelphia 76ers trade, you'll know this name, Charles Barkley to oh, the Phoenix oh, yeah. sun. So, he was part of the 76ers back when they were the bad boys. and Beat the hell out of Jordan back in the day. Uh, And then, uh, yep, they traded him off to the Suns. Uh, Thursday, six eighteen, And he
1: ended up on the Bulls, too, right?
0: No. No, he was with the Suns. No, he never got a championship. He was one – you know him uh, if you ever yeah you, know, you see him in commercials now and he's uh, he's on uh, TNT
1: oh all the time yeah he,
0: yeah he does the uh, you know the broadcasting with Shaquille O'Neal you know he and Shaquille fight and they yeah know.
1: he's hosted SNL a couple of times
0: yes yeah yeah it's funny and he, they were great he did the one uh, he I see him on sports talk shows and he did the one with <laughs> uh, the, the with Nirvana when they were on and uh, yeah, yeah he I, did he too
1: and he's he, like he's he, funny because. It like a few years ago I think it was around 2012 or 15 or something he played Shaquille O'Neal in one of the sketches mm-hmm. just to kind of bust his balls which was pretty funny
0: oh that's all they do to each other on their show <laughs> they sit there and uh yeah and he's more of a fast talker and Shaq's more of a oh, you mm. know you know buddy hey yeah yeah you know but in the end they get arguing back and forth, and in the end, Shaquille's just like, "You never won a championship, Chuck. You never won a championship. I got five, <laughs> Chuck. How many you got? Yeah. Shut your fucking mouth." Basically, is what he's saying. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: So,
0: <laughs> uh, so nice. that's when he got traded, 1992, six seventeen. Interesting. All right, uh, on to Friday, six nineteen. Another name you'll know, Evander Holyfield, beat. Larry okay. Holmes in 12. Okay. 12 uh, for the heavyweight boxing title. So mm. I think when nice. I saw this, I said, this is Tyson's time, but I think yeah. this is when Tyson was in prison.
1: Yes, in I, high school, I believe so.
0: He was winning when we were in high school. Yes. And this is the end of high school. So mm-hmm. something happened. And Holyfield didn't beat him right. when we were in high school. So I think. I think Mike had the problems and had to go with um, who was it? Robin, yep. I think, I Robin think he, Gibbons? Yep. I think Robin Givens. Yep. I think he had to go to April. jail and give up the title. Yep. I'm not, and then came back, and then went Something after like Holyfield. Yes. Because after after later on, he went after Holyfield and bit his ear off. Mm-hmm.
3: You know. what yes, I mean? but I, I, So I think yep, that was a big uh, deal too. April '92 is when he went to jail. April. Okay. So yep. there you go. So. So that oh, there you go,
1: April '92.
0: So, yep, there you go. There's our fact checker, Donnie Brown, coming oh, in hard. I
3: watched, nice, I watched good the, job. I watched the special <laughs> Was it on Netflix or Prime? They call
0: or... him Google fingertips over there. He's ready.
3: <laughs> I asked Jeeves, he was really good. At <laughs> That's right. My answers.
0: So that was the idea, and now because I was like Larry Holmes. Not, Larry Holmes was like a punching bag for everybody. So apparently, you know, Holyfield must have got the title and then defended it. Well, no, he beat home so i don't know how it happened but evander obviously then later on you know they had to rematch ear bite off all that later on in the 90s uh saturday mm. six twenty. uh right. dino cicerelli is traded by the washington capitals uh hockey to the detroit red wings uh pretty mm. if you're into hockey you would know the name you okay. know cicerelli um and mm. same day uh Kelly Sanders is the second female baseball PA announcer ever uh, for in Major League Baseball, but for the Baltimore Orioles. So, starting to break that uh, glass ceiling back then for the uh, women announcers. Sunday, six twenty-one. U.S. Men's Open in golf, uh, Pebble Beach. Uh, Tom Kite wins his only major title. He was uh, very well known for being second, that was second place in a lot of uh, matches. And this was the only one that he ever mm. he ever won as a major. So.
1: Hey, at least he got, got one. He got one, baby.
0: He got one. And that is sports for this week. Nice. And now, where are we heading? He got one. Uh, Kyle, what cool. do you got going on? You want to go into toys?
1: yeah i can hit toys uh we can get into toys see what's going on there there's some interesting toys uh this week um i mean a lot of a lot of stuff that
0: uh um assume it's all batman probably or, re- yeah, recognized right. batman
1: there, there of course there's batman uh sure. stuff but there's i want to touch on some of the other weirder things that are, <laughs> um it's let's tracking. see uh crash test dummies crash center i think i can't i went across this one before mm-hmm. uh because this was uh uh, when we talk about Wayne's World, but Crash Test Dummies were still they were making toys of these characters. because I don't know if you remember, they had those characters on TV, Vince and Larry, were the crash test dummies, and they would sort of uh you know just tell you to wear a seatbelt type of thing. And uh it became so popular, the ads did over the years that they made these toys to go with it. So Tyco, the toy company, made these characters, and there was uh, right. uh this uh play set that you would have a crash center where you could crash them into the wall and, and, and like ju- that.
0: just for reference this was based off of because i want to i don't know the exact date but it, in the early 80s you didn't have to wear a seatbelt
1: correct and then, yeah and
0: then it changed in the mid 80s i'll say just in reference some point
1: yeah somewhere in the mid to, to became late 80s, a, yeah. became
0: a law you had to wear a seatbelt yep and at that point There was a a good 10 to 15 year transfer where the people who grew up in the younger or the older generation, because I know my dad and grandparents, they didn't wear that shit. You know what I mean? It was hard to get them to actually start to wear them. Whereas when we were kids, you just grew up and it was like instilled in you to wear them. So at this point, still in the the late 80s, early 90s, there is an ad campaign on TV to say, dumb Fox." Wear your seatbelt or get ejected through a windshield.
1: Wear your you know seatbelt. I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Right, pretty much.
0: And that's where these well, characters. It's, it's funny too because the commercials.
1: Right, correct. Yeah, and I, I remember you know it, it, as a really young kid sitting in the back of like a pickup truck or or things like that. You know, you didn't have to wear a seatbelt, so you yeah. could sit back there. It wasn't a big deal. You, a, um, yeah, you, you know, you
3: just you sat. Yeah, there station was, wagon too. There was right. no seatbelt in the back. Eighty four is when yeah mandate mandate. So 84,
1: 84, not too okay. far away. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. our yeah, mid eighties, man.
0: And I mean, same thing with with like, you know, nowadays you have kids, Kyle, I do too, and Don, you have yep. obviously yep. family members, but you didn't have car seats for kids and shit back yeah, you in the day. You just struck, right, no you strapped them in if anything. That was it. I, otherwise, you stuck them all Yeah, in
1: the pretty truck. Pretty
0: much. But give it a station wagon <laughs> there in the back. Were, you know, <laughs> around, yeah. That was it.
1: Yeah. More. pretty much you remember, there's one thing that always struck me as fun at, back in high school it's probably around senior year right around this time It was probably even during the summer um you remember chet martin i don't know if you remember mm-hmm. him remember at all the,
0: i remember the name
1: yeah yeah he, I, he went we were hanging out it was me Barnsey and i think a few others uh, even drew uh we were all there and i remember he uh we were they were getting in his truck and they're like Reaching for a seatbelt like where'd your seatbelt? He goes, I ah, cut him out. I hate <laughs> wearing those things. <laughs> he just cuts them out. <laughs> it's just like so, right. so yeah. So Bram's these on, crash tests the crash test dummies are still important at this point.
3: It slowed the car down. You gotta lose weight. You gotta get rid of ballast. You don't know? need <laughs> Well, and you remember? I mean,
0: I'm. I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but just remember, remember, and Don, you you handle the cars for us and the vehicles throughout these times. And it's probably happening at this time. Remember the cars that you got in, and the fucking seatbelt came down around you. Yeah. Yes. Automatically. Because yes. They were like, we're gonna "My parents the, had one like we're, that. We're gonna take the idiot out of the equation. We're just gonna put it on the <laughs> shuttle <of a> bitch <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're gonna force this thing on you. Like, damn it! <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah, those were uh, those were weird. That yeah, I don't think that was a good thing because if, if the car went in a crash and the door opened, the seatbelt would come off. I would assume, right? Because that was yeah, what well, well, activated was I mean, closing the door. That
0: was pre airbag too, wasn't it? I mean, right? Was, yes. You know, that was like, yes. You know, once airbags that came out, they're like, wear them, don't wear them. Fuck it, we'll keep you alive. Don't worry about it. You know.
1: <laughs> one way or another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up in toys, the Beverly Hills 90210 40 Winks Slumber Bag. Oh, yeah. You this
0: is the time. So you can stocks, sleep with uh
1: these...
0: a... And fucking, yeah. Poofed up hair, baby. I you can sleep
1: that... with a Brandon and Dylan mm-hmm. <laughs> or Brenda or whoever was in that one. Some good stuff. Um, nice. Next up, the uh, Teen Talk Barbie. I don't know if this was marketed probably for tween girls, but it's $24.99. Uh, and Teen Talk Barbie really talks. So you push a button and she says four fun phrases. But I mean, you think maybe they'd be something that would be teen, like, you know, you're okay, you're, you're a good person. No, it's mostly about shopping, dancing, that kind of thing. <laughs> so maybe not there I to was gonna, boost your morale i was gonna but... say
0: literally back in 92 i would still think that they i mean it's pretty close to where they'd be like my husband's gonna get a good job and bring home some money to me you know what i mean that would be <laughs> <laughs> right yeah right
1: we're, we're still yeah we're still trailing from the 50s So that's kind of where they started
0: to have that where they trailed off where they're like i'm supposed to look pretty and paint my nails you know <laughs> i mean the little girls were like no right right yeah <laughs> We want to actually be something, you know, but the, the executive, the, right. the toy executive company, people were still like the 55 year old guy from the seventies and eighties. They were still trying to push that market. You know? Right. But it was starting to change. We're, we're pretty close to toy story
1: at this point. Right. Yeah. About two, three years, three years yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, next up uh creepy crawlers i don't know if you remember creepy crawlers i think we talked about these before too it was like a easy bake oven and you put like you had like these molds and you put like a a goop in it and you baked it and it came out and it was like a rubber spider or rubber worm or something like that $31.99 um this one i thought was really interesting was the nestle talking vending machine i don't know if i mentioned this one last time or not nineteen ninety nine uh you could get this little vending machine obviously it did it you it did um distribute real miniature candy like the little miniature nestle crunches and things like that so you could put them in there and you put in a play coin and it would put out the the candy but it would talk and say oh what's your selection and blah blah blah, blah. but it had six little phrases you could have but you put in the play coin and you get out free you know a little candy from that so I thought that was kind of a neat uh little thing also like um cigarette machine
3: and soda machine yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you a know, nice uh, little yeah. cigarette machine yeah uh, next up um the beverly hills 90210 uh phone photo dialer telephone oh so you yeah can call so if you had the sleeping bag then you get the phone right. you're you're living with uh the beverly hills teens right there
0: well when did you it come know. out 90 or 91
1: 90 the show started 90, in the yeah. fall of 1990 yeah so this was it was pretty popular yeah, at this point. Yeah. Like we're it, was, th- it was it was in the
0: thick of it right
1: now. Oh, for sure. And and like what was it? Uh Luke Perry. Luke Perry was, you know, every all the girls were in love with him. Uh-huh.
0: At the Peach uh, Pit Those
1: days. things yeah. the Peach. <laughs> so the price for the uh the sleeping bag was twenty-nine ninety nine. The photo dialer telephone was thirty-nine ninety nine. So for yeah, for you know, 70 bucks, you're gonna be living it up yeah <laughs> um this was cool this will be something that you might appreciate uh rich the fifth anniversary teenage mutant ninja turtle was released this year so the cartoon had come out in, in 87 yeah so now we've got the fifth anniversary of the toys so the toys came out in 87 and they made a gold turtle it was like leonardo painted gold and it had like a, it looked like a trophy so it was like a sort of a mm. celebrating the five years it's been on at that point
0: Right, because the other toys Uh, previously came out
1: from the cartoon, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, It came out based on the cartoon in '87. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Next up is uh, this one's a weird one: the Nickelodeon Belly Bumper (laughs) for $29.99 from Mattel. It basically is like an inner tube you wear around your waist, and you just ram into other people that are wearing another one. So you're just belly bumping interesting uh yeah he had the gonzo belt the gonzo belt right <laughs> yeah but that was just a, that
0: was a spike on a belt buckle that he put through right. a goddamn put it put uh who'd he put robbie uh, what was that kid's name was robbie it, was it uh, no robbie who's the little guy with the fucking mullet uh
1: god oh um not, not no not Williams. Williams had done. To...
0: No 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 no, can't remember his name. But that kid would would just drive Baco crazy, and he would just this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is back in the uh, when the time when the teachers would beat you. And he, and he, and he yeah this you could, was, this you was could techn- do that. This is technology class, and uh, this teacher quote well, unquote uh, Baco yeah he had a a freestanding locker. In his uh, class that he would uh, (laughs) put a student in and shut the door and uh, put on uh, the gonzo belt, which essentially was a belt (laughs) with a belt buckle with like a three-inch metal spike welded to it. And he would run up and belly bump the spike through the metal of the locker while the child was inside. inside. And that that is not a fabrication. That is...
3: 80s kids baby that's what
1: that, happened oh yeah
3: i wouldn't say it was a time where teachers could beat you but they sure could show some tough love yeah could yeah. scare the shit out of you they yeah, sure yeah. could it was psychological damage was for the most part. you know
0: <laughs> i don't know if anybody was actually sporked through the locker
3: and but you wouldn't know because know, we... the kid never came out because the bell would ring you go to your next class uh, you're like, you tomorrow. but uh, oh, he moved man. away yeah
0: Oh god damn. Yeah, I can't remember that kid's yeah. name. It wasn't Shoki. Yeah. It was another Robbie, but it was uh yep. Yeah, I just mm. remember some people—they—they they met their fate, man. They screwed with Baco enough. He just—he shove him in that locker, and then King
1: Buddy would come over. Yeah,
0: Baco. Yeah, oh, Baco. You got something in your locker? King buddy. Yeah, <laughs> Baco. Buddy. Yeah, Baco. Yeah, I'm gonna—I'm gonna put the belt to him. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, buddy. You're gonna get it. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. everybody oh, talk like those you guys. Got, you got Baco wound up, buddy. That's what you're gonna get.
0: Oh, King <laughs> yeah. Buddy. Yeah, buddy.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the craziest time. What a bunch of characters right there. I mean, geez. You you uh, couldn't yeah. you couldn't write yeah. that kind of uh. <laughs> no. Two of the most of mellow
0: guys in the world, and absolutely, their their cocaine was punishing students. When yeah. the when the when the <laughs> time came to where one of them across, they both taught technology and woodshop, yep. and they had glass in between the two right the two classrooms. So when yep. one realized. Shit was going down in the next one. The other one would run over and cheer it
2: on. You got him in the locker, buddy. You got him,
1: poke
0: him, buddy, get him. Oh man, that was what, it, a, what man. a time! What a time
1: to be alive! Oh my goodness, yeah. Oh man, well, um, I don't know where we are from that. Um, but, uh, yeah, let me. Uh, that was the Nickelodeon belly bumpers. Yes, there we go. Uh, next up, the catch and roll puppy. So if your parents weren't going to buy you a dog, you could get this puppy, and you could roll a, a ball to him, and it would catch it, and then it would uh, push it back out to you. So you could play a catch with a, a, a toy
2: dog.
1: So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't poop. Yeah, it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> um, next up, uh, baby rollerblade. So capitalizing on the rollerblade phase or fandom of that time. It was pretty popular oh, yeah. right around that time. So wow. if-
3: babies don't have really good balance to wear
1: yeah, but this uh, apparently 2999 you could watch this little baby uh rollerblade up and down the street. So the the head, arms and legs moved. Very cool. Uh last up, I'll give you the Perler Deluxe Bead Activity Set. This was a like uh, I don't know if you know those melting beads, you put them on like a little plastic template and then you'd use like an iron and you melt it down like you have wax paper over it and you melt it and it makes like a whatever you know you you made kermit the frog's face or something you oh, know you, you would melt it and, and yeah. create that with like little beads but yeah this was a uh, one of those perler uh bead sets where you got it so for kids you could get it and you could start to yeah. doing some stuff it also did some uh those hook and lanyard things if you made like pot holders, you know i <laughs> remember my sister had a few of those it was a kid uh but yeah i mean other than and like you said batman returns was popular so batman returns toys were were hot 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 flying off the shelves you had batman the paint pe- the only thing i hated about these they had a really cool Catwoman figure but yep. the penguin looked like it was from the superpowers toy line so it looked like a comic book one they just painted him with black clothes instead of the,
3: uh,
2: the
1: gray and blue suit that he had in that one so yeah, i they, thought there was kind of wasn't a lot they really, no they really didn't
3: they, have a lot I mean, it was all batman
1: variants it was all Batman variants, like Batman in a red suit, Batman in a blue suit, Batman in camouflage. It was like everything you could imagine Batman could wear. But then you had Catwoman, a penguin, and then I think you had a Robin they made. And it was like a Robin with like a like flat top weird. It was because I think there was rumors he was gonna be in the movie, so they they were prepping a figure, but then he didn't make it. So but the Batmobile
3: with the Bat Missile was probably one of the coolest.
1: That was a cool Coolest story, yeah. Because you push the button on the top and the two sides would shoot off and you'd have that middle piece that, you know, uh, well, looked like first, that rocket in the, the part of the movie. where.
0: In the first movie, who would they have? They didn't have many characters for that either. They had Bob, right?
1: No, they had Batman, Bob the Goon, and the Joker.
0: Yeah, so I mean,
1: <laughs> I three.
0: guess, really, toy-wise, they did But But they tied actually.
1: that in with... Yeah, but they they tied it in with like all the DC superheroes. So you had Superman, you had Aquaman, you had all the other classics that went with it. They just threw in like three Batman characters, but you had a Batman vehicles and same with this one. You got really cool vehicles. You got a play set, you know, Batcave Cave play set and that kind of thing. So you had a lot of accessories to go with it. And It sold like crazy. I mean, that stuff was hot at, at that time. I mean, Batman yeah. was was huge. Couldn't beat it. But there's toys. Ninety two yeah. toys. <laughs>
0: Very crazy nice. stuff. Very
1: nice. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, what do we want to roll into next, gentlemen? What do we got? We've got. Um, what uh, do I mean, you got? I got everything. You got what? Uh, MTV? Anything MTV got, or TV? Car. What about TV? So,
3: you want to go to MTV? Yeah, it yeah it? let's, let's MTV
0: do um, MTV because we never really get the hit MTV. Yeah, so much, we haven't had right, much MTV right now. It's in prime
3: form. So it is, and we. This is
1: like yeah. Because this is like the beach, the summer at MTV. They do all the big stuff that they're on the beach in junk all year, all summer.
3: Yeah, and we we talked about the. I mean, it's it's ninety two. It's this is when they started the music video music awards, but not until September. Oh yeah. So right. But it was compiling. You know, they're honoring all the best music videos from June sixteenth, June fifteenth, or from June sixteenth of ninety one all the way up to June fifteenth of ninety two. So it kind of touched into this this week because that's that's where they kind of capped it off. Um, okay. And then did the you know anything past that point went on to the, the following year? But uh,
0: this is back when they actually had a reason to do the MTV Music Awards. Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: They yeah. still do them. I mean, it's crazy, but oh, yeah. they still
3: do them. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you know.
1: they don't show any of them, but they do. Uh,
3: right. <laughs> what they started doing too was they did the MTV Movie Awards. So those came out, but they came That's out.
1: That's right. Yeah.
3: So that came out the week before this week so june yeah. 10th is when they ah but um best movie is terminator 2 so me, which is i don't know when that oh uh, yeah when came out, so that was
1: that was 91 uh,
3: i think right right yeah 21?
1: so yeah. they're they're yeah they're feeding off 91 movies
3: yep yeah because they were they're pulling from that so they're gonna do that so yeah, yeah but cool.
1: it was
0: 91 movies but i remember like because it was like uh was it was it who 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 did the music? Was it uh, Guns N' Roses? Guns
2: and Roses, yeah. they so did that like,
0: song, yeah. So the video, I remember seeing the video for that, yep. which clips from the movie went on for like, oh yeah. And it's probably still playing now at this point, time a year
1: later. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh yeah, I'm sure.
3: It seemed like I'm sure for, for that year. I mean, it was you know Linda Hamilton. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was Linda Hamilton? And there, it was, Terminator Two was just getting all all the awards, mm-hmm.
1: um, right. That- Rightfully so. I mean, that was a pretty damn good movie at the time.
3: Yeah, well, special effects like especially. I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, it was
2: Great huge.
3: So, I mean, there wasn't. I mean, there was good movies. But everything else was all Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And then, yeah, you go. I was
1: that's gonna say Eddie that's out. probably the next one. Yeah. yeah, that was a big one. Brian Adams would have been a big uh, mm-hmm. video from that one. That was a huge oh,
3: and don't tell me huge song. That dead. I mean, Christina oh, I
1: love that movie. <theme>. I don't know what it is about that stupid movie, but I every now and again, I'll, I'll pop it on and just watch it. I don't know why, but it's just, it makes me laugh. It's just a ridiculously stupid movie. <laughs> I love it. He's out
3: there.
2: I think
1: it has that nostalgia being at that time, too. That just really reminds me of uh high school.
3: Yeah, and it has absolutely nothing to do with Christina Applegate being in it, correct?
1: That mm-hmm. really. I, you know, I, I, I think she's a, a talented actress, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, probably that I would have had a crush okay. on her, but like well, i don't it, it, you know
0: i think it's she's, not that anymore i think she's a <laughs> i think she's a poor man's laurie williams so
1: there, there you go <laughs> 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 uh, but we'll yeah have. i it's a it's uh, a funny movie so yeah
3: so that that's going on and then the, the mtv uh, uh music awards will be coming up uh in just a couple of months um so I mean, there there might be some dipping in. Mm. I couldn't find anything that focused on that specific week because it it was really hard because it, the videos keep playing and, and they don't really narrow down that week. But some of the top videos that are playing might coincide to what Rich has in the music. But top video is going to be November Rain, Guns and Roses. So to. So, you know that that double album that had you could be mine and had, oh god yeah also had november rain that to roses came out with a use your illusion one
1: and two right
0: and that november rain yes. it was a two-part they, they were, video wasn't it it was like uh yeah that was
1: a long video right. super long video and and that was four albums right because that was two cds each one Use Your illusion one was like two cds i think
3: so
1: and Use Your illusion two was like two they were like really like huge uh, like uh, right. uh really good song epic albums I guess. that
0: was the that was the end of guns N' roses really that was like the that was yeah right they pushed it a little too far yep like,
1: but okay. I mean what a way to go out because it was pretty big they didn't just like limp out they went out with a you know an explosion
0: <laughs> yeah they're gonna go we're gonna go out we're gonna have two cds we're gonna have two uh two albums with two c you know it was uh yeah we're going to have a, a video that's basically a documentary
3: type of thing, you know? Yep. I mean, so they, they did, <laughs> they went out. Um, so I, I it mean, was, it was we, huge. We remember the November rain video. Um, I can, I can see that one clear as day. End of the road. Boys. With the
1: cold November rain. <laughs>
3: I never knew why. Why was um,
0: Axel like hiding in the closet up and you know what I mean? What was the deal with it when the SWAT team was coming in the house? You remember the video?
1: They, uh, they, I remember the wedding part. And...
0: Was it you know what I mean? And he's like yeah. he's like in his house. He's hiding in the closet up on a shelf or something. I mean, it was like uh, I didn't understand what exactly what was
1: happening.
0: Yeah. Maybe that was Nobody... his drug
1: issues. I don't know. Maybe it had something to do with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, were, yeah, there was yeah. the wedding, and you know, with a girl that was way too hot mm-hmm. for him, obviously, he was marrying, and then Maybe Stephanie then, Seymour, and then, and then there was like, a SWAT yeah. team coming for him. And, yeah, yeah, you know? hmm. I mean, no more disturbing than unforgiving with the guy shaking there. Oh, you yeah, know what I mean,
1: <laughs> Yeah, creepy ass video. <laughs>
0: like, uh, Kilti used to hate that
3: guy, I don't understand oh, why he's yeah. shaking.
1: <laughs> 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 That's Oh man, yeah. That video was creepy. Oh. Was that the all one with right. the lady where that lady had that weird voice? Or was she like? Yeah, da, da, yeah, yeah, da, That, yeah. uh, that uh, creepy uh, out too.
0: Asshole <laughs> <a> Merman.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's got really weird. <laughs> that video was like creepy all around. Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> all that's right. Strange. Well,
3: I digress. Where were we then? uh
2: yeah go for I,
1: it
3: i don't digress i like to keep it as natural green as, as possible um i was just looking up because i want to know because now that you talked about the guns and roses thing um i was trying to see if i could find out why yeah. why he does that but yeah uh, it's something to do with suicide and
0: it was something. There was a SWAT team coming around a mansion. He was in there. Yeah. And, okay. You know, yeah. It was a lot of scenes like that with like uh, you know
1: yeah, that's how it started, right? That was the beginning was of the video. And then it cut it cut back and forth to that, but it was like
0: because that 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 the music that music they had was very it was, like, it was like it was like ongoing. You know what I mean? It was like uh, yeah. very melodic with not as many <laughs> lyrics, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's all about a <laughs> so I think a lot of it's just dream sequence, so that's why there's just it might bounce uh, back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. I know there was something to have to do with suicide and.
1: So he's he's on the edge type of thing, and there.
3: Yeah, I don't see it. Cold November rain, baby. It's Bring it down. Bring it down. Yeah. I do yeah. I was not a Guns N' Roses fan until Terminator Two, and then you heard it, and then I bought the those albums, and there was. Typically I like the whatever's the the hottest song. And obviously being a DJ, that's all I really needed was that one song that everyone will listen to. I never listened to like full albums sometimes. And but there were some other good songs on there that I liked that never, never hit it big.
0: Yeah. That's how I knew when I like I say I knew that it was the end because that it all came out and everything. It was all over the place. It was hopping, you know, 92. Mm-hmm. I went in the army in 93. And I remember being in boot camp or maybe my next class. And we were able to go to the store and buy something. And I bought the uh, Guns N' Roses spaghetti tapes and listened to it. And oh, I'm, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is bullshit. Right. They done sold me. And uh, it
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: And at that point in time, all the other guys in there, the uh, the black guys, my friends, they were all listening to Snoop Dogg when he started coming out. You know, So I'm like, right, oh, yeah. we're, we're changing it up. We're going from Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Well, you think about it too.
1: This that was this was really the tail end or the or the end of the heavy metal. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, it it kind of just it turned into alternative rock at that point because Pearl Jam was hitting. Right. Ninety one. You had Alice in Chains and all those bands were starting to come out at this point.
0: Nirvana. Yeah. Yeah. Nirvana. Everybody. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Pearl Jam. Everybody. It would transition. That was the end of uh, hair metal for sure. Yeah. That time.
1: Pretty much. Interesting. Except
3: for, <laughs> guy, except for one guy that started to make a comeback. Who's that? Ozzy. Mama. Well,
0: right. Well, yeah. Ozzy, you know, you can't kill evil. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ozzy's Ozzy, just yeah. Yeah. So. Ozzy, Ozzy transformed through that and into the nineties and two thousands, and where he was did his that? own he own, did own, own yep. show, and I mean, yep. if anybody,
1: just right. crazy could, weird.
0: If you would have said in nineteen ninety two. Will Ozzy be alive in
3: 2022? <laughs> A lot of people would not have be like, taken no. that back. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, really, Keith Richards is still out there too. <laughs> you know, I mean, Jesus. I, yeah, it's
1: crazy. They've been calling him old since the 80s. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy to think like 40 years they've been making that joke.
3: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, crazy, crazy. Some of the other, I mean, you got, End of the Road, Boys and Men, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Under the Bridge. Mm-hmm. All these videos I remember. I'm like, there's yeah. videos you don't remember. Yeah.
1: Don't I still remember. hear these songs.
3: Yep. Uh, Van Halen right now with the, the piano in the beginning. Oh, great yeah. song. We talked about yep. Nikonis, Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's the, the Crystal
1: thing. Pepsi commercial.
3: <laughs> uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is, is out, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> Thanks yeah. to Wayne's yeah. World.
3: Ryan yeah. Perry. Revitalize that. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Leopard's still trying. Um, crisscross and
0: make it <laughs> work. yeah. It, it, it was a time of of hair metal dying and alternative mm-hmm. starting. I mean, Not it was way. definitely yep. that that was a tr- transitional year because mm-hmm. I, I I remember seeing. Uh, I think it was on um, what was the what was it the the hair that the metal show so, Saturday nights.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Head uh, Ball. Ball.
0: and I remember yeah. it was like. The last video of the night, which is probably like 12.50 dare, in dare. the morning, and yeah, it was right, Nirvana, Team it spirit. like, team spirit. So like yeah. team spirit. And I was just, I remember seeing that going, like, What the yeah. fuck is what? this?
1: Because, yeah, this is, I remember I, that. I
0: remember going, like, This is what you know, like that, that was a slot made for a bad song, it was kind of like the last skit of a Saturday night live show that right. people like the Wayne's world shit you know but that was I remember seeing that and I go wow this is for some reason I don't know what it is about this song I like but I like it and it's crazy in the video and everything yeah and then fucking that shit took off and then all of a sudden yeah. you know we were in the alternative versus hair metal yep. and all that was behind us you know
1: yep it's crazy
3: Don, I don't Ooh, even down. know where you are. That's kind of uh, cool. Just- bring us back around, buddy. You're so damn sidetracked. I don't know where, where we are. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> there was MTV News, that it was actually News News. Mm-hmm. So there was an MTV sports yeah. Kurt Loder. in New Jersey. And apparently it got a little out of control. People were hurling rocks and bottles. And it was a, a rap concert. Mm-hmm. And they ordered it to be cut down short. But it doesn't say who. Oh, it was <laughs> crisscross Cross. They make you want to. Um, oh, crisscross, they, the mayor shut the performance down, but um, people fought and broke out and they're throwing stuff. So 28 people got injured, um, including the mayor who was hit with a bottle and they were just, it, he said it this was a Ooh. complete unmitigated disaster. Well, wow. so crisscross, uh, people arrested and it, it took about four hours to quell the little rebellion, but I did.
0: The, the did the mayor wake up, up with his pants on backwards?
3: <laughs> was it, wasn't that the uh Chris yes. Cross?
1: <laughs> yes that was their thing wearing your clothes backwards
3: mayor ken pringle which i like that name that's a good one because i i do like his chips nice um, but there were seventy five thousand people
1: Once you pop you 75, can't stop Seventy
3: five thousand. Yeah. yeah that seems to be a high number for crisscross but they make you want to jump jump um
0: do you think that's 75 were huge, 000, then. i was gonna say but you think Chris that's seventy five thousand people that are embarrassed today that they were at a christmas
2: <laughs> concert that
1: well, I, I kind of feel bad because one of them, one of them killed themselves a few years ago. He did, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure it was just depression. Of uh, you know, they're on top of your – I mean, think about it. Ninety two, these kids were huge, and then in two thousand and whatever it was, seventeen or whatever it happened, he, you know, they, nobody remembers. Them. <laughs> it's crazy.
3: Did they have any other songs? So. And they must have um, a, yeah, they, they had a couple they hits. They had a couple, yeah,
0: because they, they were something for a little bit. But that was yeah. the whole, their, their whole stick was wearing the clothes backwards, backwards closing, man. Shit. Yeah.
1: The Mac dad will make you jump, jump. The daddy Mac will make you jump, jump. <laughs> Chris Cross will make you jump, jump. Yeah, man, as long as you have
0: something to hit, you know, something catchy. Yeah, it was, it was
1: catchy. It certainly. I, was. I, w-
0: I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know the whole situation, but I wouldn't blame that guy's death on that you know, I mean, no, not later. There. I mean, do, well, no, I'm just I'm saying, not saying it was because, that, because of that. But I'm not just saying no, because no. they were something and then they weren't. I mean, otherwise, Millie. it sometimes happens. You know
3: what I mean? Yeah. I mean,
1: what yeah, I'm up, saying,
3: these guys, if they went 20 yeah. years, something else.
0: It was a drug about.
3: overdose. He died of a drug overdose in 2013. Chris Kelly.
1: Oh, okay. maybe right, it could well, be. I'm, I'm speculating. So, yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: Well, let's get it right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: I don't want to start rumors.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's not All right. All right. Come on, Google Dive. <laughs> nine years ago, but that's okay. Um, but yeah. Oh, that's, nine years. That's pretty much what's happened on MTV. A lots of oh. happened. Mm. You know, and- I'm glad because usually we don't get, there's not
0: a lot of stuff for MTV. Yeah. So this is usually uh, in the 80s. They didn't record a lot. we kind of so yeah. It's
3: it's hard to hone down on it right. because they, everything yeah. blends. Like the stuff from the week before, things are going on and you know, and things are going to start. You know, Right. Start. Up, but I think
1: they well, throw- this was where they actually had programming,
3: yeah. And this because
1: is, back in the 80s, it was like a radio station,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. 92, they were turning into a conglomerate, you know what I mean, right? But, uh, shortly, they would have MTV2, wouldn't they? At this point, yep. I mean, yep. so I mean, it was that ESPN, ESPN2 thing, it was like they got so big, they needed right. another station to handle all their.
3: Now, they don't even need right. one station so to handle the shit they got, you know?
1: So. <laughs> right. We ain't got enough.
3: Right. It's crazy. On, um, and I think they're on Real World <laughs> 4 at this point. So, I mean, they remember the Real really? World on, I Really? Really? Uh, yeah. Real World 4 in 92. Wow. wow. They're at 4. I have, yeah. Yeah. I, on, but I think that's what that
1: I remember watching, like, the first three years of that, but that's I lost like, track somewhere. After watching it,
3: you, you kind of get the gist of it. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. All right. Well, uh, let me let me jump into
0: wrestling early this week, right. and I'll not. Yeah, what's that uh, wrestling? Yep. Uh, so, WWF, uh, Long Island, New York, Nassau Coliseum, June nineteenth, nineteen nice. ninety-two. Uh, Ten thousand plus people. Uh, Kerry Von Erich pinned the Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, Nails mm-hmm. defeated Virgil. Virgil was the. Uh, uh, kind of the uh, chauffeur driver for the Million Dollar Man. He'd already broken out at this point. Okay. Uh, the Bushwhackers defeated Double Team. Yeah. Um, nobody really you would know at that point. Uh, and the Undertaker defeated the Berserker. Yeah. Okay. Davy Boy Smith one half no, of the British so, okay. Bulldogs. Uh, yeah. Bazooka. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pin the Refill Man. <laughs> uh, the nice. Natural Disasters defeated the WWF Tag Team Champions, uh, Ted DiBiase, who was the Million Dollar Man,
2: yep. and
0: I- IRS, who is Mike Rotundo from Syracuse, New York, uh, via oh, nice. Countdown. Yeah, and the WWF Champion Randy, the Macho Man Savage, defeated Rip nice. Flair via disqualification. Oh, yeah. Uh, same day, because they ran two houses, obviously. WWF also ran that night in Pittsburgh, PA. Civic Arena, June 19th, 3,500 people. Uh, huh? Tito Santana pinned uh, Skinner with a flying forearm. Uh, Road Skater. Warrior.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Road Warrior Animal pinned. <laughs> uh, uh yeah. <laughs> Skinner! <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's, all think. I've
1: the name. That's all I have. They're hitting That's all I
0: Half of the Road Warriors, Road Warrior Animal, pinned Blake Beverly with a clothesline off the top rope. Uh, Rick Martel mm. defeated Tanaka via countout. The Ultimate Warrior. Tanaka. The oh, yeah. Ultimate Warrior pinned Papa Shango following three clotheslines and a splash. Wow. Uh, Owen Hart and Coco Beware. He was the one with the parrot back in the day. Ah, He defeated the Nasty Boys. (laughs) And the WWF Intercontinental Champion, Bret Hart, pinned Shawn Michaels. So Ah, that was... Heartbreak kid. 1992 was the era of Hogan gone. Them trying to find Mm -hmm. new people to be champions. So obviously at this point they had Randy Macho Man Savage, and he was facing uh, Ric Flair, who right. came over from the other league. Uh, yeah. So right. they the they WCW. were on top, and they were phasing out. And then within within the next one to two years, you would see Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels right. become the higher yeah. ups um, and yes. become the champions. So that was uh, yeah. at the I point that them. they were uh, phasing out. So. Uh, they ran uh, because yeah, you know, they, Hogan
1: was doing his movies at this point,
0: yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Hogan was doing the movie thing, yeah. he kind of handed off the torch, and then this is 92, so mm-hmm. probably another year, I think around 90, 94, 95. He came back, but he came over mm-hmm. to WCW to the other right, part. you know, he had the
1: black beard right there, yeah, yeah the WWF.
0: I think he would come back in here like mm-hmm. occasionally, like The Rock would do for a while right. with the WWF. Like when he would be making movies, he would come back in, do something, go back and make movies. This how kind of yeah. how Hogan did it back then. Mm-hmm. But this is back when Hogan was making like um, uh, a lot of bad movies like Suburban uh, Commando. Suburban Commando <laughs> and uh, Babysitter. Yeah. Whatever, you know what I mean? That was kind of.
1: Right. Yeah. And it was like did, weird shit. I like want that. to
0: say that you know, probably ninety three. When did he do that? Uh, what was the TV show he did? Something. In Thunder Paradise, in
1: Paradise.
0: and yeah, uh, Thunder in Paradise. Yeah, Thunder
1: and Paradise. Yep. And then he went
0: he back. Then he came back to wrestling after that. So, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, they ran house shows all throughout the week. Uh, same, you know, same guys, a little bit different uh, results. But uh, that that's about wrestling for this week
1: nice noise 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 yeah. very cool well,
0: what do you got
1: um i got comics that's pretty much it i think so i don't know if you want to pull, put that off and do tv or something because we haven't done tv or cars yet those would be oh, cool right. we got music still so yeah but, why,
3: don't, why don't we hear about cars okay
1: here in my cars. <laughs>
3: Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. So, cars in 1992 It's hard to hone down on this week, like because the same thing, it's like they're, they're it's kind of they base it on on the year, um, right? Just to put it in perspective, in 1992, the best-selling car around the globe was the Ford Taurus.
1: Okay, the Taurus P- still P- sells, P- sells well, right? Doesn't it? And they still make that one.
3: I hope not, but I don't. I, don't
1: remember.
3: <laughs> I remember the Ford Taurus of the the 90s. Yeah, it was kind of just plain. It wasn't yeah. really sexy about it.
1: So it was like a four-door sedan. Yeah. That's why people bought it, because it was like a good family car that wasn't a station wagon. <laughs> That's so really the... Horrible.
3: So you got the Taurus, the, the Honda Accord, and the uh, Toyota Camry. That's Those, those mm-hmm.
1: are
3: uh, selling cars. But um, introducing, for like the first time, new cars for 92, um, the Dodge Intrepid, the Dodge Viper.
1: Okay. Uh, Ferrari, oh, the Viper.
3: 456. Did, wasn't
1: there a wait uh, did viper have the tv show out before or was it this year that they had that like short-lived tv series called viper yeah
3: I think it was about that.
1: the dodge viper uh, i remember because I, I have the i have the comic book for it still and i remember the show i think i have the the dvd set for it somewhere too uh, but it was
3: uh, and i think it was
1: right around this time
3: 94 94 so,
1: 94, so we're still a couple of years away from that it's yeah. interesting
3: According to this, yeah.
1: But yeah, I remember because it, it was like a really different concept car, the the Viper.
3: Yeah, and I think, I mean, if this is coming out in 92, by the time they start doing this show, they're like, oh yeah. And, and I don't think anyone knew about it. It was a new car this year. So it may not have really gotten out into the mm.
1: market
3: yet, but it's something that was introduced. That's true, yeah. Out with it. Um, let's see. Honda. Pont- it kind
1: of kind of lasted like the Pontiac Banshee too because that, yeah. that was another concept car that didn't really blow up like the Viper did. It, it just, you know, short-lived.
0: Yeah, well, you make something, you know, phallic-shaped that doesn't last long, generally.
1: <laughs> a few a 50-, few 60-year-old guys want to buy it, and then that's All about right. it.
3: <laughs> uh, the Hummer was introduced uh, this
1: year. Ah, which is funny. That came back. They stopped making it for a few years, and now they're, I see commercials for them again. Right. Well,
3: gas has come down in, in price, and now you can afford to fill them up. Oh wait! No. <laughs> the, <laughs> Nissan Altima, the Nissan Altima, Nissan Quest, uh, Renault. Okay, remember Renault? Remember the that, that, that car? Group? Yeah, still, still make stuff. Yeah, three cars: a Saphire, the Twingo. I don't know if I'd buy a car called yeah. It, you know, and the Zoom. Vroom, vroom. It's a weird name. Um Volkswagen Vento, Toyota had a couple. <laughs> yeah,
1: so. I mean,
0: this is a year. Literally, I was driving a 1984 uh Chevy. Citation number two, is what I was driving. So I mean, anything coming out new, I wouldn't even have a concept
3: of. You know, we probably right, yeah.
1: Driving, I, I yeah. There's no way it was kind of. Yeah,
3: there were no Alfa Romeo 155.
1: I mean, I don't even know any. Do you?
0: I don't even think. Do any any kids in like our class have any? There was no kids that had like new cars. No. Like like nowadays, where like like a parent will get a kid a brand new car.
1: Yeah, which is crazy. You know what, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like
0: back then, it was like, here's something you can run run into something, and I won't cry right. if you crash it. You know, that's what i was saying. In
3: 1984. Yeah, yeah, even the parents' cars weren't new hatchback. You know what I mean?
1: No, yeah. dude, I had like a '79 Pontiac something or other. That thing yeah. was a beast. <laughs>
0: right. I mean, I, so I, you know, I, I don't even, I, I wouldn't even tell you what came. I when you said the, the with the Viper. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even know that yeah. came out
3: this year. I mean, I. Yeah. It was it wasn't like we were driving it. You know. It was definitely a cool looking car, but yeah. It didn't, it didn't
1: last very long. Yeah, it was cool.
3: We, I think my parents only no. bought one brand new vehicle, it was an 85 Dodge Caravan. So by 92, we're still driving it, but they knew. So. Yeah. yeah. But.
1: Yeah, that was how, I think my parents, same way. I think they bought one brand new car once, and that was. And they drove it forever.
3: (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I was, uh, I mean, my dad would buy a new truck, but he would just beat the shit out of it, putting hay bales in it. You know what I mean? Uh, So it wasn't like it was uh, like something you would, you know, take out, you know what I mean?
2: Right. Right. Uh,
3: That's a, that's a car. That's cars.
0: All right. Well, let me, if Kyle's a little light still, let me jump into video games. If I can, if that's okay with you guys.
3: I, I think you can. I think
0: okay. You uh, see, 1992 saw a lot of sequels this year. Uh, Dragon Quest V, Final Fantasy V, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which obviously, we, I know I played that a lot. I don't know about you guys. Uh, uh, Street Fighter Two: Champions Edition. Uh, Super Mario Land 2. A lot of twos. A lot of twos. Oh, yeah. Super Mario Kart, which I didn't think Super Mario Kart came out this early, but uh, that's what came out, 92. Oh, cool. um, and Mortal Kombat also came out this year. Um, let's see. Ba-ba-ba. Also this year, the highest uh, home system was the Game Boy. So, And that was for the third year in a row. So I wouldn't I didn't think that that was that popular growing up. I had a Game Boy, but I don't remember it being that it would be the highest grossing homes. When they're saying that, they mean, that's like saying you're you're Nintendo or your Genesis. I mean, but I guess just because it was handheld, it was such a popular thing. I don't remember it being like that.
3: Seems like it's because it was a a new novelty thing. I think everyone wanted it and they kind of spent it all at Christmas or whatever. Well, and it was
0: was black and and white. I mean, I remember, I, did you have one, Don?
3: I didn't. And I don't
0: now, see, I had one, and I remember Tetris came with it, and that was, you know, the bricks. Yeah. You know, but I mean, other than that, you didn't get, there was nothing in color.
3: Yeah, I, I don't think I ever really wanted one. I'm like, I wanted, you know, I wanted the game systems that had, you know, graphics and put you, you know, that you could, you know, the color and the, the, the top right. notch stuff. I didn't want to go back to a, you know, a moving etch a sketch.
0: And I think you're right. And that's what it amounted to. I remember having it, and, you know, and what the idea was, you know, it was mobile. I don't know if that was a big selling point for me. I wasn't like, I wasn't like a kid that was like, Oh, I'm going to take this and go to my friend's house and play it because we all had,
2: right,
0: you know, Nintendo, we all had Sega, which was all in color. I think it was just that the idea of having the game boy, you could just go around with it. You know, it was kind of like, remember when we used to have the old, uh you know like the football games yeah or it was like the one video game that came in the handheld but then all of a sudden we, at least with uh the game boy you could put the different cassettes in and uh and then all of a sudden you could have different games versus carrying one around with you you know but yeah.
3: everyone game
1: I knew, was I, cool but
3: I, I yeah went, i went and played at their house yeah have one. I'm like, everyone will have one, and I seem to go over there and play their Nintendo and their I mean,
0: I just don't remember it being the number one game for three years in a row, but that, for the gaming system for three years in a row, but, but you know, so, that uh, I just remember having one, but I don't remember it being that big of a deal up till 92, you know. Well, You're very hard to please, Rich. I that, mean, that's why. I never,
1: I never had one.
0: You didn't either? See, I had one. Don didn't, he didn't have one either, but I, I, I remember having it and just but i don't remember
3: being that big a deal you know it came with I tetris younger kids at this point because yeah i mean look where we're at we you know graduates for you know 12 13 year olds that are on the go yeah you know? right and i i probably had it i guess when it first came out
1: because yeah, it was mean, what that like would, 90 i think
0: you know because the biggest deal that went i don't know what was the next system that came out beyond that the next one came out with color and it was Game a Boy color, color the game boy yeah. color and i mean oh, that... there was
1: atari Lynx, i think was one and then there was another one in between there okay. um but yeah the game boy was still pretty much the dominant handheld system for the color one was pretty popular yeah yeah i was gonna time. say
0: because 92 i'm thinking i had a sega at this point like home system yeah. that i would
1: have been playing yeah. more so uh super nintendo and sega are the big ones
0: Let's see, in the United States, uh, the highest play, uh, highest grossing uh, arcade video games of 1992, uh, Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition.
1: It's classic.
0: 92. So, yeah, so
1: Mortal Kombat, you had Street Fighter. A lot of, mm-hmm. those, those fighting games were pretty popular. They still are. I mean, they still well, make those.
0: And that, right, like I say, right behind Street Fighter is Mortal Kombat and uh, Terminator 2 yeah. and Judgment Day. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, was, that was like that, a
1: shooter, I think.
0: Yeah, and that that's in that, that's in the uh, arcades, which even in ninety two yes. were starting to dwindle. I mean, it's not like in ninety two people didn't hang out in arcades like they did in.
1: They weren't 80, what they 82,
0: were. Eighty two, you know, eighty two. That was right. Where hung out. They certainly ninety two. It's where you right. They weren't what before they used to or after a movie. You know, if anything.
1: Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and, uh, let's see, video game, the systems in 92, number one, Game Boy, which we talked about, um, almost 2 million in Japan, 4 million in us, uh, 6 million in Europe. So, uh, right below that number two was the, uh, super NES, uh, super Mm. Famicom, Nintendo. And Mm -hmm. that was, uh, uh, 3.5 in Japan, uh, 5.5 US, 2 million Europe. Right. Uh, right below that, Sega Mega Genesis, and, yeah. and number three, uh, uh, the NES and the Sega Genesis, both 16 bit. So that was where we, yeah, jumped. We made the big jump, right? Yeah, point. Yeah. But, uh, Genesis only, uh, 400,000 in Japan, but uh, really. Yeah, five million in the U.S. So, and uh, yeah, almost oh, three, yeah, it was
1: big in the U.S.
0: Big, big push.
1: Big yeah, push so it was pretty US. close because you said what five point five Super Nintendo, and this was five, so they were really like tight. Mm, it was right, pretty pretty strong competition right there.
0: Yeah, for those systems, that was a big that was a big. They were neck and neck at ninety two, um, but right mm-hmm. below that, I mean, uh, number four was Nintendo Inter- Entertainment System, so. That's still going still, strong. Still selling well. And yeah. that, that's still pushing almost 3 million in the U.S. So wow. Nintendo still has a pretty wow, good uh, chokehold. Oh, there. yeah. Um,
1: I mean, we'll this is back. this is a time when they still had Nintendo Power magazine and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff was still really huge.
0: Right, right, right. This is the, this is the heyday of it. All the magazines yeah. are coming out with the cheat codes, all that.
1: Yeah. And, uh, cool stuff.
0: Uh, below that, uh, say IBM PC, uh, Apple Macintosh PC, um, Sega Master System, uh, Compact Computer, uh, and, and NEC PC-88. So, I mean, uh, those are all mm-hmm. obviously dwindling way off at this point. Um, uh, the best-selling home video games. uh uh, sonic the hedgehog is number one um also that's on genesis on nes nes's Mm -hmm. uh uh, street fighter 2 and Mm. super Mm -hmm. mario kart is in at number three uh with a tied with the final final fantasy V, and below that legend of zelda a link to the past okay Obviously the Zelda previous. games are all big at that time, you know, or previous years leading up to that. Uh, uh, and this is another category that they came up with now. That usually they don't show, but this is the time, the top rental games in the United States, because this is the point in time hmm. where we oh, had yeah, the, the video uh where you go get them at, you know, your local, uh, where you get your video movies. Now they yeah, start yeah. having the video right. games there where you could rent. Uh, so and I remember kind of having, interesting yeah I remember having this game. I bought this game. But uh, for the Nintendo Entertainment System in uh, January and February, the number one game was The Simpsons, Bart versus the Space Mutants. I remember that, yeah. Yep, I, had a like, classic. <laughs> I, I had actually bought that game, yeah. But, so that was the top rental game. Uh, March was uh, Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, oh, yeah. April, May, and June was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Uh, nice. Ju- July was Yoshi. Uh, again, in August, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 popped up. September, Yoshi. Huh. So they were back and forth. Really, yeah. Uh, then, then October WWF WrestleMania Steel Cage Challenge, and October cool. November Adventure Island Three, and December Techno mm-hmm. Techmo NBA Basketball. Uh, nice. So a few others in there, you know, John Madden uh, Football '92 yeah. for Sega popped up. Uh, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog I still I like
1: know. the leading, the uh, leading. Johnny- football game. Oh, gentlemen. yeah. Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah, today, I mean, I don't even know, people line up around corners to buy it. Yeah. Whatever, you know what I mean? So. A um, couple just interesting facts. Hardware releases actually January 1st. Uh, I know we're in June, but just a couple of interesting facts from 92. Atari Corporation drops support for Atari 2600, Atari 8-bit family, Atari seventy-eight hundred and software for those systems. So that was kind of the death of those Atari systems on January first, nineteen eighty-two.
1: Crazy, huh? And
0: (laughs) in December of the same year, the Apple II is discontinued, emptying, ending the Apple II series. So
1: that was like seventy-seven until now. It was like fifteen years that thing was. Wow.
0: So, you, no more could you write your name and have it scroll down. <laughs> that was all over. That. Done. You that did. was it. So, that's video games in a nutshell for 1992. Sweet.
3: Don, what do you got left? I got a TV. I got cartoons. Oh, let's go into TV? TV. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what's going on in the TV?
3: Fine. Let's turn on the tube. Oh, let's see. What do we got? What, what, what are we watching? Uh, let's see june 15th what's on tv murphy brown major God,
1: murphy. this would have been right around the time of the controversy with uh, dan quayle and that too yes well, when he uh he was like, saying something about single mothers yeah. and he referenced murphy brown and like she's a fictional character if you yeah, well, like, thing.
3: Yeah, like she was a real person right yeah that he didn't know the difference he didn't yeah.
1: know what's happening on that so.
3: box he just thought it was a window uh Evening <laughs> the
1: documentary show.
3: Documentary on the news. Yeah,
1: burt Reynolds.
3: Yeah, Evening Shade. Burt Reynolds was in that. Was it just
1: Bert? Uh, Dave, uh Michael Jeter. Yes. Michael Jeter was in that. Um, I think who else? But yeah, uh, I think it was uh, Mary Lou Henner. I think was in that. Oh, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. Yep. Interesting cast.
3: So that's out. Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, is on
1: Fresh oh. Prince. Top, top of the, top of the heap, right? there. As it was probably in its third, second or third season at this point, so wow. doing pretty well.
3: Uh, right after that, Blossom came on. Remember Blossom?
1: Mm-hmm. Aha, Blossom! Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, girl! <laughs>
3: oh, NBC playing some good. So you got the Fresh Prince, then Blossom was on, and then they did the movie at nine o'clock, and they played Dark Man. So oh,
1: Dark Man! Love me some Dark Man. One of my favorites.
3: They shortened it up, you know, they had to take anything out. Yeah. You
1: know. <laughs> yeah. They keep it uh
3: let's see what else <laughs> is going on. That's that's kind of what's happened on at night, but during, you know, outside of prime time, everyone's still watching. Designing women and family feud still mm-hmm. going. This is probably gonna be the Ray, Ray Coombs, Ray Combs era. Oh yeah. Ray ah, Ray
1: Cone, yeah. Ray uh... Cohn. Yep, this would've been his time.
3: Santa
0: Barbara, that's my my. I was Ray Coleman, was Ray that. Ray Coleman involved with the scandal?
1: He killed himself. I don't know. If oh, it was there's a scandal. A scandal but...
0: Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember. <laughs> All right, well, way to bring it down, Kyle. I was hoping he just had like extra marital you know affair that. or something.
3: Well, he killed himself, so <laughs> there's yeah. a there's I, a I, scandal, yeah, I don't know if
1: it was anything <laughs> like that, but
3: go-to thing it's like oh yeah crisscross yeah he killed himself it's like, yeah oh, hey, all
1: right well <laughs> oh, there's there's so many
3: <laughs> oh. no, that's not true <laughs> uh let's see <laughs> next night on tv is full house
1: uh oh, classic yeah. this one is still like god this was going strong at this point so this had been on for five years now still another three years ago so it was, yeah, right. ABC, it was top
3: yeah abc is going to dominate tonight because you got full house home improvement
1: friday night yeah. Coach, yep.
3: so, um, you got Coach
1: the- was a classic. Oh,
3: this this was a show I remember. Rescue 911.
1: Yep, with mm-hmm. William Shatner. Nine. That was kind of like that was kind of like unsolved mysteries, but like the not not a mystery, but it was like the same type of thing where you had the 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 famous host and yeah. then those reenactments yeah. they put in with it. It just reminded me very similar of that. Right. Oh. <laughs>
0: Right, there was no mystery. They, they, they knew weren't. what was happening, but... Right, right, you know, right. But right. you, but you had... Uh, right.
1: Here comes fire the fire department. <laughs> he
0: choked on a pill. What <laughs> will happen? Yeah.
1: Spock. They, they needed him. to beam him to the hospital. <laughs> they couldn't because of the ambulance. Uh,
3: let's see. <laughs> what else is uh, going on? Oh, uh, so... um
0: showing that can't be right showing saturday night live for june 16th but that can't be right well that's what
3: i was wondering we didn't have a that's sketch pad yeah because it was it was woody
0: Harrelson. Yeah, it's reruns That's what i was hoping yeah. we were going to have a sketch pad because i, know. I mean, these these yeah. are the
3: classics
1: man this is the i know oh this was a great year yeah because yeah this would have they would have ended in may they always end in may so
3: yeah yep so They're- repeat one that they
1: they played uh wonder years growing pain woody harrelson one was a good one. Yep. Oh, good shows these these were at their these were already done or finishing right about now because growing pains ended in 92 golden girls ended in 92 a lot of those shows were ending at this point so this was been like reruns before the fall season yep
3: unsolved mysteries you got robert stack still going uh and night court robert stack Oh
1: Seinfeld and Seinfeld and Night Court. Two great shows right there. Yeah, yeah. Classic comedies. I feel like
0: Night Court. Well, this is probably the end of Night Court, but the yeah. beginning of Seinfeld, right?
1: Nightcourt ended in ninety-two, yeah. So it was done. Seinfeld was just starting to take off more than before. So that was really the big thing with it. So because it, it was like in its third season at this point.
0: Right. 89. By 89 the third season, like it was a really partial season or
3: something, the beginning.
1: Yeah, and then it was 89, 90, 91, 92 was that third season. And that third season is what took off, really, more than anything.
3: And that's probably why they shifted and it right after Seinfeld. They're like, well, if they watch Seinfeld, we get them to keep watching Night Court.
0: It's a mini-me.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter wants to get in on the show. That's all
3: right. That's all right. Bring her in. <laughs> uh, She's checking it out. CBS had a special called The Bat, the Cat, and the Penguin. I wonder what that was about.
1: Oh, oh, that's a great special. That was like, yeah, the behind the scenes type of deal. It's on the, if you buy the Blu-rays or, or stuff, you'll see them on there. Those are great. I love watching those old ones because uh, they were, that was hosted, I think, at the time by, it wasn't anybody that was in the movie. It was some other famous person. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting how they, they show you all the, the making of stuff.
3: Let's see, what else is going on? Simpsons. Yeah, or... this is a good one. Beverly Hills 90210, Cosby Show, Different Worlds. Simpsons
1: was great at this time.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Love yeah. watching Cosby. Cheers.
1: And Again, uh, Simps- Cheers was ending. Simpsons
0: is third year.
1: Third year, yeah. Well, yeah, 89 to 90. So, yeah, third year at this point. Great, great season. I mean, this was one of the just one of the great ones. But Cheers was ended. That's another one that ended 92. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. man.
0: You got wings. End
1: of an era in a lot. It of was
0: the end of the 80s
2: shows. Yeah, right. Great. Yeah.
3: You know, it's kind of how they dwindled off. Well, now you got mm-hmm. Fox where you didn't really have them. They'd seen, you know, they're now they're putting on all those good shows. Simpsons, Beverly Hills. All the kids are watching. Yeah. 90s. Well,
1: w- oh, there yeah.
0: is um uh, uh, Married with Children. Time.
1: That was still going, yeah. Still going uh, that right. went f- that show went from 87 to 98. It went on for a long time.
0: Did we not get to it yet? Or did we not is it not no, showing no. up in there? Not showing up. MacGyver's showing okay. up.
1: Okay. It was well, on, right. I know it was on Thursday nights uh, at this time. I remember it was still going strong because Mary with children were still pretty big. Yeah. yeah. Well,
3: it might have been on because it's showing it only shows like certain time blocks. It might have okay. been on, it might have been on, like a 7:30 and not at eight. It starts at eight o'clock because they're just doing the prime time stuff. So it might have yeah been- um, and Fox was a new channel basically yeah it was I mean it was
1: it, it might they might have been airing something else like a special on two that week because mm-hmm. it was the summer they might oh, right, right right because so.
0: we're off
3: season here yeah so yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah but that's pretty much what's happened this week those are some of the shows that are going yeah out. watch them all yeah those are all good good, shows.
1: good show man yeah that's a lot of great stuff I mean even going back and watching those today they were some great stuff
3: it's yeah. a lot of good TV right there. Cool Uh, stuff. They they would be, but they're Simpsons still going strong.
1: Well, uh, still going, still going. God bless. Yeah,
0: I know. Jesus H, right? I mean, that's a well. We'll roll into.
1: Gotta give him credit,
3: Don. If you got him ready, what do you want? You want cartoons now? Yeah, if you got him ready. Yeah, Saturday mornings. Well, then I'm gonna be all done on a Saturday morning. (laughs) Goes off, you know. I don't know. (laughs) All right, blow it. Blow your water early, Don. Blow your water (laughs) early. Um, so let's do sa- I got Saturday morning, and I got weekday mornings, and I have some afternoon stuff. So, oh, you got it broken out now. Yeah, right? it, it depends. Yeah. On, it depends
1: on. What well, you yeah, know. you would have that yeah, afternoon stuff would have been. Well, good let's
3: do let's do uh, weekday mornings. Cause, All right. So yes. it's a lot. Um, Fox is going to be playing cartoons right now. It's Beetlejuice, which I watched. Okay.
1: And, oh, wonderful show! Love Beetlejuice.
3: So those two shows you got, you got Beetlejuice and Elvin and the Chipmunks. Um yeah, good stuff. After school's over, after you guys got done taking your regents and before Kyle took off to the movies, uh Mary Melly, Tom <laughs> and Jerry, Tiny Toon Adventures yeah. and
1: Oh Tiny Tunes is so good.
3: What else? Oh, yeah, great show. Kyle, you yeah, had about been- that 4 30 to be watching this. Batman the animated series was on.
1: Love me some Batman, yeah. That well, that started uh, this year. It actually started in this. Um, I gonna
0: say that ninety-two just started, right? Yeah,
1: probably based yeah, off it of uh, it started
0: <laughs> the popularity of eighty-nine, right? I mean, they, then they started probably putting absolutely production. They,
1: and... Yeah, yeah, but, but man, it, what a great show!
0: Obviously, it was not based around that. No, it was its
1: own thing, but but, but yeah, the it took a lot of those of- cues. Did the, it, well, it took a lot of cues from it because they what's that?
3: Oh, sorry, I just the because they they did a full feature movie. When did that come out? Was that 93?
1: 93, 93. Uh, Mask of the Phantasm count 93. Yep, but that, yeah, this the show it started this year and ran for I mean, several it, it ran for a long time. I mean, that the guy that played Batman is still playing Batman at this point, doing his voice, you know. So, is that right? And what was this?
0: Was yeah, this he still the one does that. Stuff. Mark, Mark Hamill was in
1: yep mark hamill is the joker he still does the joker they'll still do them together a lot of times yeah. when they cast them they want both of them so it's it was great i mean just a great show it's still i just watched it recently and it's so good it's still just a wonderful wonderful show
3: <laughs> yeah i mean and i we were kind of talking when we were talking with with michael and like and i mean we grew up with you know uh, adam west and burt ward and i was a little apprehensive that he right didn't like that but it's a it was a different you, if we had been the, the age we are in 92 watching that we would have been yeah. like, what is this and right then, as a young kid that was Batman so to me if you like the character you can like it in all the different forms that right, so, right. well I, right. Think- I mean growing up
0: for me watching Batman zap bam wow <laughs> That was serious shit when I grew up.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Because no,
1: you know, well, that's here. how we were indoctrined.
0: Right, but he, him being, I don't know, 16 or 20 or whatever he said he was, you know, to him it was a mm-hmm. joke,
1: whereas to... Yes. Well, he was indoctrined with the comics, so the comics yeah. were a whole different...
0: Right. When, when know, we grew up, it, it was like, wow, this is on TV. This is how
2: it
3: is. It is what it is, you know? And that, I mean, so that how yeah. so I can appreciate every different one that comes out every adaptation i'm like i appreciate that so like, when, if- when i look back at those
0: shows they are goofy but when i grew no, up absolutely they, they were
1: serious but those, as a kid yeah well right when i was a kid I mean, though, super friends was a big deal well,
0: well those tv shows when i was a kid were as as serious to me as watching superman the movie in 1979 or whatever you know what i mean sure I mean, even though there is a distinct yeah, difference absolutely. now watching them in seriousness, when I was uh-huh. five or six,
3: they seemed the same. Right. I mean, you the what you what I mean? belts, the
1: stuff, I agree the with you.
3: cars, the bat cave, the, the mystery of it, all of that's still there. So yeah. that's that's what I focus on. I'm like, even as a kid, and sorry, as a out mm-hmm. I'm 49, I'd still let, uh, if someone said, oh, do you want to drive the, you know, The original yeah i would you know it's like that's
0: it's like when you when you watch your kids now and and the attentions man you don't understand it's like when you're when you're five or six and i i understand when he's older 16 to 20 or whatever yeah it it looks campy Mm -hmm. but when you're when you're five to six like we were watching it and you're watching it and you're like you know you see the thing spin and it's like hey yeah. let's go over here yeah. okay let's go over there bump, 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 bump. and you're like it's like you don't you can't even keep up with what's going on in your head because you're small and all you have is the memories i mean i had memories of tv shows back then that i thought were great and i watched them now and i'm like this is shit yeah. but i mean as a kid you were like well, yeah you know you thought that the, the stuff But
1: one thing i really always liked about the the 60s batman is you could tie a, a towel around your neck and reenact those moments those fight scenes and stuff because they were goofy and easy to you know it was like bah, bah, you know you could do all this stuff it, it, right. and you could kind of feel that part and i always right. thought that was kind of a and
0: back when you, you were know, a kid the charm you, of thought, it. you thought you could throw a punch like this huh
3: i thought a big thing was going to show up in the in right. the air that you know when i went yeah.
1: Yeah. so <laughs> the pow
3: but i I, the totally the get pow. It. I totally get it from
0: his end because if if i had been reading comics like we did in the 80s like right. batman year yeah. one and yeah. dark knight and all that and then right. I saw, I saw right. that on TV. I would be like, "Holy shit, this is not." A, You'd be like, "You know what?"
1: Yeah, I'd be like,
3: "Right, this is, is no." Young, is this new crap? New yeah, right near. You know that watch the the '60s Batman, and in that same time frame, show them the Chris Nolan Batman, probably would have scared the shit out of us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Right. You know, like You're Adam
3: right. Adam West to directly to that, like, oh, now watch this from the future. Right. Well, and.
0: I didn't. I don't think we. I mean, we're, we're, me. going up, we're going off. We're going off on a little Batman thing here, but I. I didn't bring this up at the time, but I. I kind of wanted to in a way, but. And I didn't. I haven't seen a lot of it, but there was a Batman back in like was it the 40s or 30s the black and white one. Oh yeah. That, that they had. Yep. And it was. old cereals. You yep. know we yeah we never mentioned that with with uh, with Michael, but I was wondering mm-hmm. if he ever saw that before he saw the 60s you know what i mean because
1: yeah th- that yeah is, we bring it, them back on we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that one
0: that, that one's really not known at all you know what i mean nobody mm-hmm. watches those old-fashioned
3: images but i don't think i've ever seen the actual episodes. right
0: so I, and I think those were a little more
3: serious even though it was a little more mm-hmm. goofier of a time right i mean but right well watching the 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 um you know the tv version of superman in that same era I mean, I used to watch mm-hmm.
1: that. the was. George Reeves, yeah. yeah, Well,
0: and because most comics back in the twenties and thirties were detective comics, because those were in those days superheroes right. were cops who were detectives. Right, and that's the whole idea yep. of detective comics. Was Batman, mm-hmm. who is a superhero that solves crimes as a detective? Right. He's not Correct. a yeah. actual superhero, Superman. Right, you know what I he- mean.
1: Oh. He was direct competition to The Shadow at the time. The Shadow was the biggest right, right. comic book at the time.
0: Right. For kids they wanted to if, be
1: with him, and Batman was the perfect. If you
0: were a kid in those days, your heroes were firemen and cops, and this, you right. know what I mean? And so you had to right. try to take a detective or a cop and put him in an actual suit and and, and right. get kids to buy into that versus buying into, you know, Mafia-style cops, right? I don't even know where we are right now. We got a way off track. About-
1: <laughs> we're on cartoons. All right, all right. cartoons. We're, we're gonna
3: we're yeah. going fast forward to Saturday morning. We'll go through this pretty quick. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. Eight o'clock in the morning. They're they're gonna start. So you got Winnie the Pooh. You've got Fievel's American Tales. Okay, new adventures. So Bobby's World. Good show. With uh. uh
1: That's a great one. What's Howie Mandel.
3: Howie Mandel doing that?
1: How, Howie, Man- yeah, Howie Mandel, yeah.
3: I think I remember watching it. They did the remake of Land of the Lost. They brought that back. I don't think it lasted. Yep, long. I remember
1: that. No, one year I think you got out of that.
3: Uh, the Little Mermaid had a little yep. happy spot in CVS. Tom and Jerry's still going. Uh, Garfield and Friends. Yep. Um,
1: yeah, it's a classic.
3: This one I know. I know you're a big Darkwing Duck. You were. Ah,
1: love me a Darkwing Duck. Still love Darkwing. Great character.
3: Loof Troop was on right after that. Oof Troop? Uh, oh, the yeah. uh, Adams Family, the uh, the cartoon adaptation of the Addams Oh,
1: Family. yeah. Oh, I forgot
3: about that. Yep.
1: That was kind of, they brought it back because the movie was popular um, the uh, previous year, 91. So I think they wanted to kind of tie in with that.
3: Bugs Bunny. Made and the,
1: the newer show. show.
3: Um, a yep. named Scooby-Doo. So going back to. Pop
1: name, Scooby-Doo. Good one.
3: Younger versions there. My cursor here. What else? We got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep.
1: Still popular.
3: And Tasmania.
1: X Men is good. I don't Tasmania. Dog, <laughs>
3: dog City. Do you remember Dog City?
1: Oh, love Dog City. That was Jim Henson. Uh, oh, it was, he did a short movie in the late 80s, early 90s, and then it turned it into a cartoon. It was kind of like a noir show where it was like a, this dog detective yes and uh you know he went on these adventures good show i love that one that was a great one you can watch it on 2b tv if you're looking for it it's good stuff
3: uh, let's see what else.
1: eat the cat eat the cat was awesome savage steve holland who wrote great movies like better off dead one crazy summer he created this show called eat the cat wonderful show <laughs> very funny
3: um super dave was on super dave Osborne.
1: oh yeah super dave osborne. for super dave osborne yeah. yeah good stuff
3: and then NBC is like, you know what? We're not going to do all this cartoony stuff. We need something for the teenagers. Yep. They're not going to get up till ten, so that's where we're going to put save by, by the Oh bell. yeah, baby! There we go. Yeah.
1: They yeah, NBC had moved away from cartoons at this point. We're just doing like live action teen comedies, yep,
3: pulling mm-hmm. that demographic, and that's you know. And they did it later. Though. It was smart. Well, they know that they're going to.
1: It out. was cheaper. That was a big thing. It was a lot cheaper than producing cartoons and. Yep work for him
3: so that's saturday morning that's the cartoons that's it that's wrapped up
1: cool loving it good stuff great cartoons
3: all right uh
0: let's see you got comics left let let me jump into music then
1: all right let's do music and comics
0: and that's it right don you're all yeah i'm done good night
1: yeah
2: All (laughs) all
0: right the top 100 number 100 uh slowly Stacy Earl you remember hmm. that you know, not, so. not
1: ringing a bell on that one I,
0: I was going to say I don't think you do maybe when you put the music together really well, uh, yeah. we'll drop down to number 97 love you all my lifetime Shaka Khan
1: Ooh, wow Shaka Khan look at her going still going strong 70s when we talked about her 80s, we've talked about it here. We are in the 90s. She's That's still going. I am really Khan.
0: surprised. Shaka Khan, me too.
1: Three decades. I only remember I Feel For You that one song from 85. Like That's it. And but damn, and then I hear all these other songs. am like, okay, I've heard these, I just don't, I didn't realize it was Shaka every time Khan.
0: I see the name come up. I'm just like,
1: uh, got it. Yeah, three,
0: three decades from like Shaka Khan,
1: Shaka Khan, and Frank Stallone. If they ever come up, you gotta always. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> Frank Sloan comes up. Jesus Christ, we love America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number ninety-five, "Human Touch," Better Days, Bruce Springsteen.
1: Oh, good song. Okay. That yeah, the, yeah, I can I can hear this one. The Rick Springfield had a song called "Human Touch," That's what Bruce I, Springsteen had one, and I always get them confused because the lyrics are you know the "Human Touch" lyric, but I always get the melody off on one or the other. I like Rick Springfield. All
0: right.
3: I I like
1: that song too. Uh, number ninety-two. <laughs> your song, Rod Stewart. So is that okay? Ron? Rod, yeah.
3: I don't remember Rod doing. That. Was,
1: I, you know was I he just, was this the time he was doing all his older songs? No, like he was doing. No, he
3: didn't
1: start doing those till I think
3: two thousand. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. I see them pop up. You know. Yeah, standards,
2: but.
3: uh just well, like this. Um, I wonder when, and I don't know the year, but he kind of had a resurgent because they did the
1: MTV. The unplugged.
3: But I don't remember. Yeah,
1: when. I bet that's from Not Unplugged.
3: 93. Not till '93. Hmm. So, oh. Okay.
1: Yep. okay. Hmm.
3: That's when I didn't. I mean, I you know we growing up you knew Stuart Stewart with you know do you think I'm sexy in some song, but when he did the MTV, I'm right? Sorry. Those versions of all of his songs are the best versions. of... Yeah. You know, hot legs and yeah, they're, they're, they're awesome.
1: True testament to a good song is a song that when it you hear the original, but then when you hear it acoustically, it still sounds just as good. That's a, that tells you a good song right there. Yep. Uh, number 90,
0: Money Don't Matter Tonight Prince and the NPG.
1: All right, new power generation. Yeah, Prince. This would have been the time with like Diamonds and Pearls, uh, Cream. I think all those sorts of songs were pretty popular. Yeah, yeah at pretty MPG. Cool. This was right before the name change.
0: And he did not do. He became the symbol. He did not do the music for the next for this Batman movie. movie. No.
1: No. The this there was one song in it, it was done by Susie and the Banshees.
0: Okay. Uh, number eighty-eight.
1: Hi, The Cure. Okay. So right around the time Friday I'm in Love was out. So there they they was like, uh, they were still kind of pretty popular. Yeah.
0: Uh, Good on the uh You'll know this. Nothing else matters. Metallica. Number 84.
1: Does nothing else matters. La, da, da. <laughs> yeah,
0: There we go. There we oh,
1: go. No, I just want to throw that in there just because that lady freaks me out every time we hear Metallica.
0: <laughs> you and Johnny Kiltz. Why is she doing no, I, that? Why, he's, what he's is just, that? He's in the corner freaking out. I don't understand it.
4: <laughs> oh, okay, Uh Number
0: eighty-three. Everything <laughs> is gonna be all right. Naughty by nature.
1: Oh, naughty by nature. This was uh, were they the ones OPP? You down with OPP? You down with OPP? Yeah. Uh,
3: number
0: eighty-two. <laughs> uh, scenario. A tribe called Crust.
1: Okay. No, I, I don't know a lot of their stuff, but they were very popular.
0: Yeah, neither do I. So I don't know the name, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, number 78, 57 Channels and Nothing On, Bruce Springsteen.
1: Huh. <laughs> I don't know that one. That's an interesting one.
0: Well, we will when we play the music. Wait. Uh-oh. Yes. There Here it is. There it is.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. Right. Loving it. Loving it.
0: <laughs> number 77. You re, you remind me from Sticky, strictly business Mary J Blige.
1: Okay, strictly business. Uh, so from a movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, did I don't know. know them, hmm.
0: I didn't know Mary J Blige was this early on.
1: This was probably right when she was getting started. I would think.
3: Movie right song. around this time. Just to kind of get out there. Okay.
1: Right. But that's how Christine Aguilera started. She did a song from Mulan. And same with uh, what's her name, Celine Dion. You know, Beauty and the Beast.
0: So there. And now yeah. number seventy-five. You're gonna recognize this, or you're gonna recognize the people because we talked about them. Warm it up, crisscross.
1: Ah, there. See, there they go. There's another song. There's
2: another one. We're
1: gonna warm it up. Come on, come on. I, don't know, I just want to do everything good, <laughs> <to> Joe. <jump. laughs> <laughs> But
0: right below that at number 74, if you don't know this, then I don't know where you were at this time. Come as you are, Nirvana.
1: Ah, come as you are, as you were. Good song.
0: Grunge. Number 90, Money Don't Matter. Drunge. Wait, no, hold on, I went the wrong way. <laughs> Hold on, folks. Hold on. What happened? Num- number number seventy. Will you marry me, Paula Abdul? I
3: don't know that song, I think
1: but that's I know where she's putting it in a song now. Okay. Time. I don't know that song. I know Rush. That Rush song. Rush, Rush. That was out about this time. But this one, no. I'm not familiar with this one.
0: Now I'm gonna say the name of the song, and I know you're gonna na- know the name of the artist. Released Donwell. Smells like
3: Nirvana. Oh, Ah, Weird Al. Oh, great. waiting for that to come up. Yeah.
1: With my number... marbles in my mouth.
0: <laughs> number 67, that was. Number 66, right below that. 321 Pump, Redhead Kingpin, and the FBI. Oh,
3: yeah. This is.
1: Wow. What? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what well <laughs> never, i just, n- n- <laughs> never never heard of it but that I, well, what I a name
0: saw, i saw the name of the band redhead kingpin and the fbi and i was like yeah. Oh, that one oh, sticks yeah. Uh, yeah it does
1: it certainly does
0: right below that same thing number 63 james brown is dead la style
1: wow hmm. man it's a, you know i think we're you're really seeing a, an interesting like Amalgamation of hip hop and rock, you know, in these this this list like you never saw before.
0: Right, and you'll see some country later that I've never seen. And oh. I was like, oh, well, Garth okay, Brooks mix was mixed it up, mix it up remember, a little bit.
1: But, I think "Rope in the Wind" was huge at this time. Garth Brooks' uh, album.
0: Well, I, I can tell you what my rope was in the wind at this time. So, <laughs> uh, number sixty-one, "Remedy" the Black Crows. Yep.
1: Oh, good song. Black Crows are good. I
0: like them. Good stuff. And below that, 59, good stuff. The B 52s.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember this one too. Good stuff. This was a follow up album to Love Shack and stuff. It was Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty cool.
0: Their chance of taking another one. I don't know if it panned out as much. Yeah.
1: It was not as big. They were never as big as they were with Love Shack. That was, they peaked with that. They still, I think they just recently retired touring and stuff, but they, yeah, that was her. That was her swan song.
0: Yeah. Uh, number fifty-four. <laughs> I don't remember this one. Fallen fall in love again. Eddie Money.
1: Okay. I mean, yeah. Not, nope, not no, Eddie Money, up, but, but
0: is this the end of Eddie, Eddie Money? Money?
1: Yeah. Right. Must have been like towards the end of his time.
0: Below that, fifty-two. Oh, no. Go, boys to men.
1: Okay, boys to men were big. I mean, this was uh, what'd you have? Boys to Men, ABC, another bad creation, and Bell Bib DeVoe. They were like all three. Those boys to men, ABC, BBD.
0: <laughs> uh, below that, 51. Give him something he can feel. En Vogue.
1: Oh, I remember. Yeah, this one I do remember. En Vogue was big at this time because they had never gonna get it. And then this was another hit there. Give uh, him something he can feel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was something like that.
0: Sure, we'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> uh number forty nine. Honey love. R. Kelly and public announcement.
1: Oh, R. Kelly.
0: Only mention it because R. Kelly and this was yeah. this is good R. Kelly, as far as right. we know back then. Yeah.
1: Was this pre uh pre doing the uh the bad things he did? Is that an honey? <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel like Maybe. this is before he hooked oh, up with Bill Cosby. You know, I was just like,
1: Oh, Kelly, let me show you the things you need to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is how you get the ladies. But well, don't call it being on people. You call it honey. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Oh, boy.
0: Oh, God. Okay. Uh, number 48, <laughs> uh, Take This Heart, Richard Marks.
1: Wow, Richard Marks. He was big. Except he's been in like every show we talk about lately. <laughs> he's, um, he's still cranking him out. Good for uh, him. Right below that, another one I don't really
0: know. Uh, number 46, Why, uh, Annie Lennox.
1: Oh, yeah. This was uh, when she went solo. That was a big, big album, uh, Walking on Broken Glass. She had a lot of really big hits off that one. But Why was, I think, the first one.
3: It might have a little up Bur- Because I would feel like if you'd walk, might have been. it last. Then you write a song. Why? Why
1: don't just do that? Why? You walk why would I do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good album. There is some good stuff on there. Yeah, I like
0: the solo stuff too. Uh, below that, number forty-five. Baby, baby, baby. TLC.
1: Oh, baby, baby, baby. Oh. Baby, baby, baby. baby. I, I,
0: <laughs> is this the one that? Is this one that goes? Baby, baby. Baby, baby. No, baby. that's
1: salt and pepper. Salt, oh. pepper. Sorry, pepper. Yeah, that's where yeah. I was thinking. It Let's was push going. it. No, yeah, oh, okay. Oh, there's, there's was baby, 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 baby. Okay, <laughs> something <laughs> slower. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number
0: forty-three. Uh, closer to me, the outfield. I only oh, mentioned the outfield. I, I, and the wow. Outfield, I know, I, and the only reason I mentioned the outfield is. It's 1992. Remember, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember the guy's name. We were in high school. Uh, it was Chris.
1: Oh yeah, we talked about this. Chris Harris. Harris.
0: Chris Harris.
1: Chris Harris. Uh, yeah. Fuck. Real cool dude. Like or Chris or, Stevenson. Charles. Chris Stevenson. Yeah. Chris. Chris Stevenson. Charles Harris. Chris Stevenson. They were friends. Was he but in Chris your Stevenson. Was he
3: in your grade, Dan? Yep.
1: No, he was like uh, a year older. A year older wasn't he? older,
3: yeah. Both of them I think
0: were important. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, I remember because he was, used to uh, hang
0: out with your sister and all that.
1: Yes. Yeah. I remember
0: and I and, and I just remember he was the, like this was like the biggest probably like guy crush thing I ever had. For some reason, this guy like <laughs> he, he had his hair and he he wore like uh his shoes Yeah, were, he had uh, the, he had like nine oh
1: two one oh hair. It was he like had, perfect. He
0: had, Chuck Taylor shoes. Yep. And uh, we were on the tennis team together. And I remember, yep. like, because I was a couple years younger, but he'd hung out with mm-hmm. you or and your sister. And I remember mm-hmm. him on the tennis team. He came up, and he's like, are you Rich Oliver? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Uh, he goes, Spider-Man's Playhouse. You're in Spider-Man's yeah, Playhouse. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, how do you even know that? Oh, I I saw those at Kyle Lutz's house. The videos you guys made, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well I'm fucking famous apparently. Yeah, famous. And, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: But, yeah, he was cool. He was always cool. Yeah. Yeah. But the yeah. outfield was big. The one song. He was right the only was guy like, I knew oh. that
0: liked the outfield. I remember he was like, that, oh, you gotta listen to the Outfield. Like,
1: I love the song "Your Love." It's such a great song. That's like the '80s mixtape song you put on there. You know, I love that song. But I, I I can't believe they're still putting out hits in the '90s. Ninety-two.
0: I'm surprised. Right. Uh, huh. Number forty-two. Uh, not the only one. Bonnie Raitt.
1: Oh, not the only one. Da, da, da. I don't know all the words, but yeah, I know the song. <laughs> uh, number forty. Make it happen.
0: Mariah Carey. Nope. Okay, moving on. Make uh, it happen. This one you know, number 39, Friday I'm in love, The Cure.
1: Oh yeah. Great song. Still a great song, I mean. It's, yeah. yeah. It was so yes. weird because they were such they were that emo rock. They mm-hmm. kind of invented emo rock. And that was what they did. Everything was very much that depressed sound. And this came out, it was like this right. Poppy song. It was kind of crazy. Uh, Friday I'm in yeah.
0: love. Yeah, Monday
1: always- you could fall apart. Tuesday, Wednesday, break my heart. Thursday doesn't even start. It's Friday. I'm in love. Do, 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 do. There's a my good man song. right there. I knew it was through. I knew it Whoa, later, song. man. It was gonna <laughs>
0: kick
1: it. Yeah. Uh, That's, yeah, you got to hit those songs that I know. <laughs> uh,
0: number 38, Let's Get Rocked, Jeff Leppard. Oh, yeah, I like
1: let's it. get, let's get, let's get, let's get rocked. Video, <laughs> get on top, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Number they're
3: 36. They're huge. Oh. Yeah,
1: they were. I was this, just saying they're yeah, huge. They're, this it,
0: was uh this was the end. They were not as This big, yes,
1: this was
3: but they weren't as big. This
1: as was not salami. pour some sugar on me. No.
3: No. No. But <laughs> this was This was salami was much bigger than they were. Just right. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: For sure.
3: Yeah,
0: number 36, Hazard, Richard Marks.
1: Yeah, I remember this one. This was like a song about like a murder or something. I remember it started, it was a black and white video where he's in the police interrogation room and they're asking him what happened. It was some girl that was murdered and stuff and he was under suspicion. I remember that one. It was pretty cool. Now
0: we're going to hit number 30. And from here on down, just, I'm going to say most of these songs you've heard, minus a few, but... Top 30 is pretty
1: jam. Number okay. 30, Too Funky, George Michael. Ah, Too Funky. I oh, love George Michael. This is good stuff. Good George Michael.
0: Number 29, Thought I'd Die and Gone to Heaven, Brian Adams. Okay. Number 28, and this is a callback, Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen. Nice. Based off of the Wayne's World Revitalization.
1: It. Gotta love it. Absolutely.
0: Another one here that you're gonna remember. It's gonna give you the good feels from back then. Number 27. Everything about you, Ugly Kid Joe. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, everything about you. <laughs> I hate everything about you. That was a classic, Ugly Kid Joe. What happened to them? It was like this song, and I think they had that. They did that. Cats in the Cradle, and then they were gone. It was like they, they yeah. disappeared.
0: Uh, number
1: twenty six, uh, save the best for last, Vanessa Williams. Okay. Save the best for last. Yeah, that was a, a big I hit. song, Vanessa Williams. Uh,
0: number twenty five. Yes. Oh yes. Number twenty five, one were you two?
1: That's another wedding song right there. One love, one love. <laughs> Off the Actum Baby sound, uh, album, which was really good.
0: Uh, number 24, Tears in Heaven, Eric Clapton.
1: Uh, the song he wrote about the death of his son. Very, very right. somber song. Yeah. Tears in heaven. Not
0: a lot of songs about kids falling out windows. No,
1: one. no, no, no. Definitely not. That's good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's probably a good thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Eric Lenn. Uh Number oh. 23, uh, Do It To Me, Lionel Richie. Wow, Lionel. Wow. That's what I thought. Lionel Richie, good for you, man. Number 22. Yeah, and right yeah, below damn that, right. Uh, God didn't damn. care for these guys. That was based off our second t shirt for uh, uh, Raven Zombie Carnage. Uh, number 22, <laughs> uh, Slow yeah. Motion, Color Me Bad.
1: You know, I don't know this one, but I guess it's a good no, thing.
0: <laughs> the Snow Color Me Bad. And that was a boy band yeah. back in the days. Where we're like,
1: Ugh. they they were. Yeah.
0: Number 21, uh, You Won't See Me Cry,
3: Wilson Phillips.
1: You know, they've been popular. You Won't See Me Cry. Wow, Wilson Phillips. I forgot about them. <laughs> yeah. They were big for a while.
0: Yeah. Uh, number 20, I Will Remember You, Amy Grant.
1: Okay. Number, yeah, not
0: memorable remember, then. So, <laughs> number 19, Life is a Highway, uh, Tomcock.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Life is a Highway.
1: I want to drive it all night long. Wow. Yeah, that's a good song. He was from a band called, what, Red Rider? They did a song called Lunatic Fringe. I don't know if you remember oh, that song. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. That was he uh was the, the- uh, was it Vision Quest, the movie?
1: Yeah, I think wrestlers. you're right, yeah, but that, yeah, but yeah, he, he was from that band, and that, that was a, a big hit. It's a good song.
0: It's a lunatic fringe. Yes. Yep, that was classic
1: 80s, yeah. Oh, yeah, good to uh,
0: yeah, I know the name of the band, but not the song, but number 18, Just Take My Heart, Mr. Big.
1: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Big, wow. He one. Yeah, I don't know this one either, but I... That's Me Too. That was about it.
3: The rest of the world, maybe they didn't even know this song was out. You're
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Are we even around
3: anymore? Uh, number 17.
0: Ain't Too Proud to Bag. TLC.
1: Ain't Too Proud to Bag. I remember that. <laughs> they sampled the original song. Did a rap uh, on
0: it. I jumped to number 13. Hold My Heart, Genesis.
3: Genesis... Okay.
1: <laughs> this is a I Can't Dance album I believe right I don't
3: think so that doesn't sound familiar Maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: what was it called hold
1: my what hold my heart
2: hold, hold my beer give me a beer
0: <laughs> number 12 below that in the closet Michael Jackson <laughs> ironically who
1: who is Well, I guess there's a lot that could be uh, innuendoed there. (laughs) That
0: could be interpreted from that.
1: uh, (laughs) Sure.
0: (laughs) Could have a couple kids in the closet or it could have been him. We don't know.
1: (laughs) You never know. I'm not saying.
0: Uh, We're going to jump into the top ten, which is where we always hit them all. Number ten, the best things in life are free, Luther Vandross. Janet Jackson with BBD <clears throat> and Ralph Tresman.
1: Wow, Belbert DeVoe and Ralph Trent. Wow, a lot of, lot of artists in that one. Big one. Number nine,
0: Tennessee, Arrested Development.
1: Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. Poof, poof, and I am still thirsty. <laughs> I just remember that lyric. <laughs> so... uh,
0: arrested eight. Development. Number eight, this one's going to be very close to both of your hearts, I'm
1: sure. Oh,
3: my
0: heart. Achey, breaky heart, Billy Ray Cyrus.
1: Oh. Virus, yeah. Go to my heart, my achy, breaky heart. I just don't think you'd understand. <laughs> hey, he spawned Miley Cyrus. There you go. Thank you. All
2: right.
0: Number seven, if you ask me to, Celine Dion.
1: There's Celine, fresh yeah. off her hit Beauty and the Beast. Maybe It was in her solo. Number six, Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover, Sophie B. Hawkins. Damn, wish I was your lover. I'll rock you till the daylight comes. Did you dance on it? I got? Something like that. But that. You know what's cool about that song? is She takes the Led Zeppelin drum beat from, what is it, uh, with the river? uh damn or whatever it was but it's like a really cool drum beat that uh she sampled uh from Led Zeppelin It's cool. That I think that's why I like that part of that song is it's got that beat.
0: I'm going to take your word for it. For this one. Mm. Okay. Uh number 5. My lovin', you're never going to get it in vogue.
1: Never going to get it. My lovin', ain't never going to get it. That was a big hit. Wow.
0: Number four, Under the Bridge, Red Hot Chili Peppers.
1: Under the bridge, that's where I drew some blood. That was a good album, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Good mm-hmm. stuff.
0: Yep, another one of those bands that started mm-hmm. to transcend into the, uh, uh yeah. away from the hair metal.
1: Yep, yep. they they did it well. They succeeded. They're still out there, you know. Yes.
0: For yep. them. Number three. Jump, crisscross.
1: Cross. Yes. The Mac dad will make you jump, jump. The Daddy Mac will make you jump, jump. <laughs> crisscross will make you jump, jump. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: And number two, always appreciated, Baby Got Back. Sure makes a lot.
1: Nah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Baby Got Back. That was a big man. (laughs) Still, people still love that song.
0: And number one for this week, Mm. 1992 I'll be there, Mariah Carey.
1: I'll be there. I'll be there. All right, cool. Nice. Some great songs. Yeah, a lot of
0: songs. I guess just you know a lot of just things that you remember, either the title or the name or whatnot. Right. uh, Yeah. It was that time, transitional from uh, the '80s heavy metal into alternative.
1: Yeah, '90s uh, grunge and alternative. Yeah, for sure.
0: But that's it for music.
1: Cool. So we'll hit hit up the last of the spin rack. Got to sure i don't think i have a ton here we'll just go through a few of the uh the highlights from this week um first thing we'll hit is number one infinity war uh which was a sequel Mm -hmm. to the infinity gauntlet story uh from that most people are familiar with from avengers sure Uh, but this was where um which was story by jim starlin art by ron Lim and al milgram sequel to infinity gauntlet somewhere deep in space on a nameless planet the titan Thanos discovers a new threat to the existence of the universe and investigates. So there you go. This was where Adam Warlock came in, who's coming into the new Marvel movies uh, moving forward.
0: Now, I Um, I think I read some. I don't think I read the whole series, but I remember reading some back in those days. How close did they, I mean, did they translate actually a lot into the movies that we saw?
1: I don't think there was too much in there. There wasn't a lot. I, th- I think a lot of it was just um, the basic it. idea. Yeah, I think they took a lot of the the main things. We got the kid here.
0: <laughs> That's all right. He yeah. wants to
1: come in and join the show. So let's look. You can show help me read the comic books. OK,
0: what's her name?
1: This is Olivia. She wants Olivia. to join the show.
3: She's
1: she having an issue with the, the, the space time
3: continuum.
1: I know she's disappearing into my she's deck in and out. If you want.
0: that's right. Very nice. <laughs> she's cute. Very nice.
1: Yes. All right. Okay. So let's look at uh next one up is James Bond Jr. number six. Mm-hmm. So we've got uh if you remember the cartoon from that time, this was the adaptation that Marvel Comics did. Um then we're gonna move into because I want to make sure I hit just some of the, the main ones from this time. Next up is Justice League, uh, which had A few different titles at this time. You had Justice League, you had Justice League Europe, and you had Quarterly. Uh, but we'll hit Justice League, which was where uh Maxima uh joins and she heads home to her devastated planet. But once there, the super team confronts Starbreaker, the cosmic conqueror. So that was the next big one there. Um Uh,
0: is a is a Liviana, okay.
1: Yeah, she's just upset, she's tired so we're we're, as soon as we're done i'm almost finished with that that's okay okay. you didn't
0: throw her to the ground or anything
1: (laughs) no she she took off all right okay next up is uh kid and play number five i wanted to bring that up because that movie we talked about earlier which was class act comes in um so kid and play settle their differences in time to win the rap contest so that's it it's in homeboys part two Uh, On this one, which was written by Chuck Frazier and Ron Boyd. Um, Then next up, I want to make sure we hit something of interest here. There's some weird books that came out, like Legends of NASCAR and stuff, which I don't want to get into. Um, This is one. Liviana wants me to read this one because she liked this, which was Little Mermaid number 4 from Marvel Comics. Uh, This was The Hunt for the Redhead Down Under. Uh, So (laughs) a little uh, tie into The Hunt for Red October um then you had uh this one was one i always thought was cool was lucasfilm fan club magazine number 16 uh which focused on the young indiana jones chronicles which was on just starting on tv at that time so it's kind of a cool little uh tie in there (laughs) and then uh she's waving back
3: i I still have that's
0: all
1: right i i do too she's waiting you gotta
0: i'm more go entertained now. by your child than what you're talking about yeah. so
1: go ahead you continue yeah. on oh, she's always fun <laughs> yes i'm gonna i'll keep going i'm almost Yeah. Go
2: yeah next you do up what mark you gotta do
1: right mark specter moon knight number 39 part one of two impending doom i bring this up because of the new series that was just out written by terry cavanaugh and ron garney uh this was the uh new costume. Uh, brand new allies. It's the newly revamped Moon Knight. But is he ready to face the ultimate villainy of Dr. Doom? So there you go. How
0: was, how was the new show? Did you watch it?
1: I enjoyed it. But that's, you know, I like a good. Uh, I, I like all this stuff because growing up, I would I loved I would have loved to have this stuff. We never right. Had it. Now we're getting it. Was, so it, was it
0: close it. to the original concept?
1: No, it was more like the newer books, which I've never read. But um, yeah. It still had some ties to it. Just curious
0: because I remember the old Moon Knight myself. So
1: I. Yeah. Yeah, I used to love the old one. Uh, Next up was Marvel Comics Presents number 104. This was where Wolverine was getting a lot of his stuff. And this was a. Yeah, the kitty. (laughs) The kid. She's mad because the kitty is ignoring her. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. She's. You know, when you grab it by its neck, it kind of does that. Well, wow. I don't want anything to do with you.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, so next up, yeah, uh, Male Bonding Part 4, You Know That We Do It Together, starring Wolverine and Nightcrawler, script by Scott Lobdell, pencils by Gene Colan, uh, Against a Rogue God Part 4, Male Massacre. All right, so uh, I was talking Mutant Mighty Mute Animals was the next book, uh, which is Ninja Turtles from the, an- the animated series, the Archie books they were doing. This is Mighty Mute Animals, number two. Uh, were you learning? Uh, after learning Jaguar's mother is in grave danger, the mighty mutanimals animals mm-hmm. set out to quest to save her. So, there you go. Um, let's see, we've got coming up um, Muppet Babies number one. This was from Harvey Comics. So, Harvey Comics took over from Marvel, created their own Muppet Babies title. Here, it didn't last long, I think it only lasted like four issues.
2: Wow, oh, uh, nice. But good
1: yeah well harvey comics kind of died quickly well i remember reviving them
0: i remember they had their own series so that was marvel that had them out before
1: right and then harvey comics was trying to come back and they had a few different titles at this time but they only lasted about four months and then it was all everything just gone, and it was gone and all i did then was just parse out their characters for different things um Next up, this one's for you, Rich. The Nam number 69. Oh.
0: Yeah. Number
1: 69. Part three of three.
0: I can't believe they 69. went that long. I had this like the a, first 10, maybe 20 comics. That was I can't believe they went that long.
1: Yeah, it went on for a while. This one actually was a storyline with Frank the Punisher Tassel as a teenage soldier in Vietnam. So this is part three of three.
0: For some reason, I almost feel yeah. like I knew that story. Maybe I had that one. Yeah he was. Maybe, yeah.
1: I do remember something about that. Huh. Uh, next up, Namor the Submariner, number 27. This is the 1990 series, so a little different one. And Namor is coming out in the new uh, Wakanda movie. Uh, it,
0: oh, yeah? Movie. yeah. Yeah, so I thought I'd know, bring him up. It's always been hard for Marvel to put in um, uh, yeah. Fantastic Four characters.
1: We'll get him. Yeah. They, yeah, they've always had trouble with them. So, yeah, this was Double Dealings guest starring Namorita, story by John Byrne and Joey Cavallari, uh, where Tess is startled to learn that the mysterious stranger who walked out of the woods with no memory and into her life possesses superhuman strength that defies description. So that's our story there. Um, next up, there's a lot of interesting ones. The New yeah. Warriors, number 24. They talk about this one. Because, yeah. uh,
0: Love yeah. New Warriors. They were good. Yeah, that
1: yeah. no. was a good one. Nothing but the truth, part three of four, The Cheating Corner. Uh, written by Fabian Nicheza, Um, And that was Say It Isn't So, The Warriors Betrayed by Night Thrasher. So he was a cool, interesting character. He got his own mini for a while, I remember. Um, next up, Super Pro, NFL Super Pro number nine. So this is where they took a lot of the NFL characters and made them into like superheroes. Um, this <laughs> is the instant replay lives up to the name by reappearing as a psychotic time slipping killing machine with one target. Super Pro. Yeah. So he was like a super pro hero.
0: Yeah, that's that. That's trash. That's yeah, trash. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no reason they should have made that count.
1: Right. Yeah, that was like one of those ones that just kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like bringing up those weird yeah. ones. Like, no, the, but that's good. Yeah, crazy chunk.
0: That's just the way I say. It. Let's just count. Let's just go off of uh, popularity yeah. of football. Yeah, trash. That's a okay.
1: right.
2: Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, and I last one I I'll bring up girl. is. Yeah. I Little Mermaid, yeah, we saw some Little Mermaid. <laughs> last, last one I'll bring up is the Pirates of Dark Water number eight, just because I'm a big fan of the show. I thought it was cool. The comic was pretty decent. Hmm. Uh, part two of three. Can Ren be freed from the spell of the sinister Salamantha? Written by Dwight Z- John Zimmerman and art and cover by Robert Davis. Oh, so there right. you go. There is your spinner rack for this week.
2: Very right.
0: so,
1: good. Go. Stuff. This is
0: this is when comics were starting to die.
1: Yeah it, it was an interesting time because things were definitely they were trying to do a lot but yeah. at the same time they were they were, they had lost a lot of what made the 80s so good yep. in the 70s yeah. and 80s. A lot of the writers were, were I'd gone. say like
0: 85 86 till now was peak and now probably it, yeah it started to this, go the other way.
1: This was a year I, I don't think it even hit yet but it comes out soon this year as spawn number 1. From image comics what yeah comic.
0: yeah yeah and that's where, right when uh, all the Sorry. artists jumped so. to the new uh yeah to the well, image yeah. and then
2: that was kind of the yes. end
0: really i mean it was the beginning of something new but the end of popularity
2: and
1: yes general. yeah there you have it nice,
0: a very nice the cool stuff
1: so an yeah. interesting week we had this week so returning to the 90s was a lot of fun I enjoyed it was,
0: that and you know it, I mean we had a great interview with michael I mean yeah couldn't ask interview. couldn't ask for anything more from a guy like that to give us so much of his time which is obviously very uh, absolutely I mean Jesus yes so for we' sure. thank him for that for sure and yep. I don't know where we're going now do we know
1: I do I, do, I think we're do. gonna hit Let's, let's go to that October 1986, that first week of October, I believe it was. Okay. Uh, I'll double check that day, but we're going to talk about the premiere of the kids game show Double Dare. And I want to talk uh, yes, about this because yes. I think that show is, I don't know how that show got to, got made and got to stay on the air, <laughs> but it's so great for what it was. So we'll, we'll talk about some of that. Okay,
0: That sounds cool. That <laughs> yeah. sounds very cool. I remember it and I just like you I don't remember I mean I remember it and past
1: memories
0: but thinking about it nowadays that would not have made the cut No, you know
1: Uh, yeah it's 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 crazy but yeah we'll definitely get into that more uh on how it uh it made it to where it is today but yeah
0: all right well we had a good trip through the 90s right there obviously a little unexpected but we were not expecting to have the opportunity to interview michael elsman and uh that was awesome yeah Uh, so we made that happen
1: yeah it was great uh,
0: Obviously, mm-hmm. for all you guys out there, girls and guys, and the, uh, traveling through the 80s with the 80s kids land, uh, mm-hmm. always remember that we will do the Googling for you. And obviously, we have obviously our chief Googling expert, Don Brown now. On that case, so...
1: There he is. We'll do do
3: the Googling, we'll do the remembering, we'll we'll help spark those memories of the 80s. um, (laughs)
0: All
3: right.
4: We'll try.
0: We'll try. All right. Well, appreciate y'all being here. Uh, For me, Kyle Lentz, and Don Brown, uh, we will see you next time when we come back with Double Dare. And
1: Oliviana.
0: And Oliviana, of course. Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) All right. Good night.